how dare you say something so misogynistic as a lady warning? Like, just <laughs> rude. Just rude. I'm warning you that the lady is going to speak. No, uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, I can read between the lines here. I love how, like, that's going to be, like, the opening to this episode. Thank you, Martin. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I'll do my very second that's my goal. edit. <laughs> <laughs> that's my goal. <laughs> All right. Um, Make this as difficult as possible. Well, so, so nothing's changed. Fuck, 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 fuck. Exactly. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> shit, piss. This out. isn't radio. I don't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> but you'll get demonetized. From what? That's right. That's right. This doesn't go you know. anywhere. <laughs> All right, um, so uh, let's do a brief recap where we're at. Um, nobody has any conditions. That's something I'll have to fix. Oh my God. Uh, so last time you ha- you completed the mystery of murder most mucky. You uh, discovered that nobody did it. He did it himself, which is cool especially considering you took out three members of the town anyway so well done hey, it's like um, several offense. boxes on like the murder mystery trope bingo card yeah let's see adding presumed dead status to sandy hill alvin does chain and marvin does chain oh don't like that presumed they had it coming <laughs> well they didn't they they attacked us All right. Um, well, I mean, he didn't find any bodies. So they attacked us. All right. Uh, so let's talk about end of session questions. Uh, is everyone happy with what you have selected or would you like to change them? I just uh, adjusted mine for this session. So I'm good. Matt, would you like to adjust your list? No, just your television sets. That's a different show. Mm. <laughs> should, should I change them? I, I mean, good you to don't mix it have up. to. You can. Just, uh, yeah, make sure to keep in mind what you selected so that you know to guide towards it. So today... We are going to. to... Mm -hmm. We're going to follow up on a uh, plot thread I sewed in there fairly early, and then we did something else because reasons. And we're going to do the mystery exit stage death. So instead of your usual cozy montages this morning you have been enjoying a week of sightseeing and cultural activities in boston because you are out of brindlewood bay and you are planning on taking in a show on the last night of your tour of the city Uh, you've heard it's a strange and disturbing production at the twilight playhouse called the king in shadow Uh, 
normally this wouldn't be any of your scenes. However, well, it might be Maxine's scene. Mm -hmm. However, Maxine actually has a nephew connected to the production. So Maxine, tell us about this nephew and what's his name and what's his involvement in, in the production. I mean, you kind of sprung that on me with no no planning. You didn't give me a minute there. No. Improv, yes, oh. and. <laughs> yes, and. It's painting the scene with more consequences. Painting the scene with your nephew. Um, that sounds, painting your nephew. That wrong. No, <laughs> stop. Paint your nephew, Maxine. Mm. Uh, the nephew's name is is Alistair. Surprisingly, <laughs> does it have to be starting out super, <laughs> super not ominous? <laughs> uh, I mean, if you would like it to not be, I I could I will take other suggestions. No, Alistair's great. Alistair what? Robert. Robert. That's that's, <laughs> that's, what that's, what that's what we're doing. We're going to that. Alistair oh. Robert. Hello. That sounds like... Well, I have two first names. Let's <laughs> call him Alistair like Bob. Somebody like making a prank call or something. Al Bob. Hello. My name is Mr. Alistair Robert. Albob is what people called him at university. All right. Uh, so, Alistair, uh, what is his role in the production? To me, like, is he an actor, director, stagehand, background painter? Literally, producer? you were fine. It, the entire chat was fine. Until we started playing the game and recording, at which point my headphones have now crapped out. We can hear you. Okay, so we'll just blame Tracy and move on. <laughs> um, I'm the owner of the new Wizard Aura. Yeah. Sorry, what was the question before I had to do? Tech what kind of role does Alistair have? Is he an actor involved in, in the production? Uh, whatever. He's not, he cannot be the like script writer because that's defined or director. I would say. Like in the producer. Uh, hmm. Can he be an understudy that is also doing like technical work? We did that in my high school, but that was also because we didn't have a lot of people. <laughs> but... Yeah. Hmm. Well, does he work for the theater or is he with the the company? Because I feel like those those wouldn't overlap. Let's make him work for the theater because the Noxon can be disappointed in him for not being an actor. All right. Oh. Well, he has. Oh, wait, so is he production or? Yeah, production crew. 
Uh, lighting. Okay. Lighting. He better not fall. So Alistair's dead. No, I'm kidding. He's, no. He's fine. He was so young. Um, <laughs> so, um, let's do some cozy vignettes of your days in Boston together. So, uh, sorry, I should backtrack a bit. Um, you've come to Boston because Alistair has given you tickets to see the show. He wanted his aunt Maxine to see. Do you, do you want to go with actor? Would it be more like he wants to see, you are invited to this show because your nephew has invited you. Would would someone in lighting do that? Sure. I don't know. Do yeah, like time. when you're, yeah, when you work in like uh, production backstage, like if you are doing like really interesting or difficult technical work, it can be nice to like show it off and stuff. Okay, cool. All right, uh, I'll roll with that then. Uh, he is the lighting director and he's invited you to the production. Um, so you've gone to Boston for the week. You brought your friends. Uh, you brought Jerry. Jerry is welcome in Boston. You're staying at a, a uh, pet-friendly hotel. However, uh, you, you won't be able to take Jerry to the actual show. I'm sorry. Dang it. Um, that's, oh, that's, but his that's bow tie. His bow tie. I, I just like better. <laughs> you know you what? Fuck it. It's our TV show. You got four <laughs> tickets. One for Jerry. We're in box seats, right? Mm. So we can no. do what we want. What? <laughs> but okay, moving on. Uh, let's get some cozy vignettes. Uh, tell us about one moment of your your trip. It is. Uh, let's go with it's it's autumn ish now. So like September. September, mid-September. Who would like to go first? Um, I don't need like Boston specific things. You could just say we went to <laughs> a park. Like a park. You don't need to do much homework. Um one time there was that one time, I don't know if you guys remember, where um Rosemary took the Goyles to um uh, a bakery that was highly recommended to her and um, they get there and they um, um, you know they partake in coffee and bagels and scones and whatever whatever however um, it was not initially revealed to Rosemary that this was like a uh, one of those bakeries that infuses their products with things such as um, the 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 good grass, and so <laughs> um, she didn't know. She doesn't tell the girls because they don't know. And so later that afternoon, they um, they have a good time. <laughs> All right. Who's up next? Uh, can I say that the, the tickets 
provided by Alistair also included complimentary uh, passes to the Boston Duck tour? Uh, no, he probably wouldn't have any Paul there. <laughs> you could just go to the Boston Duck tour. Well, no, no, he did not like free. He, he bought them, sent them to us as well. Oh, okay. Why? Maxine has no flipping idea. This is not the kind of thing that she would like, but the tickets were in there. Just like, we don't. Okay. Like it's, it's okay. You don't need to like justify it's, it's cozy vignettes at the opening of the episode. They could just be on the duck tour. Like, but it's funny because Maxine is not having a good time. Oh, okay. Okay. He's like, why am I here? All right. I've been on the duck tour. It's too good. Oh, wait, so this is an actual thing? Yeah. Um, Boston uh, and so. Like duck, duck as in like, were you saying duck? Were you saying the word duck? Duck, yes. Huh. (laughs) It's decidedly like not vaccine. Huh. She's she's looking at me like he's so much like okay. When does it get interesting? When does the fun start? Why am I here? This is not helping her impression of Alistair. Fair enough. Um, okay. Well. Uh, what is uh, Violet? What? what well, I'm um, at least significantly less confused now because I thought that duck tour referred to like the animal, and I was like, I was, I was very, very confused. Um, this makes slightly more sense. Uh, yeah, I think. Um, sorry, I'm slightly distracted by the thought of just like going around and visiting different types of like duck species or something. I mean, that um, Boston cool. does have a whole thing with with ducklings, duck statues. All over. really, yes. Um, Maybe Maxine got sent tickets for the wrong thing, and Alistair was trying to send her on the like small animal tour, being like. Amazing. She likes things, and instead he's on this amphibious vehicle tour because he didn't read very well, or he was busy. Wow! I put it in chat because uh, this the it is actual like there is a duck thing in Boston, mm. so maybe you, you saw both kinds of ducks. That's adorable. Aw, that's so cute. I love that. Um, so yeah, for Violet's cozy thing, I think that, um, what she wanted to do was like visit Boston Common with, uh, with Jerry and just kind of take a walk and cause it's fairly famous. I think it's like the oldest public park in the U.S. Um, and yeah, to just kind of, I'm going to. I don't know if it allows dogs. I'm going to say it allows dogs. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, just kind of like go and see the sights and see some green in the middle of the big city. Cool, cool. So it is now the night of your of the play. 
And uh, being September, the sun sets a little earlier than it is these days. The show will start around 7.30, but you, the three of you are, sorry, the four of you, Jerry in his little bow tie, um, are walking toward the theater and maybe you, you take a break uh, near the common and you're just sitting, passing some time in the nice evening air. And Rosemary, you find yourself looking up at the sky. And as you watch, they, the clouds in the sky disappear. And where they the, go, they just fade out. And then the moon fades away. And Wait, then the stars. Oh, it's nighttime. It's the heist. Did someone steal the moon? <gasps> Was it Carmen Sandiego? Is the Muse uh, Museum of Modern Art, is it on the moon? Can I see it from here? <laughs> Not yet. Give it uh, 40 years? 20, 30 years? Right, Something like that. Um, also Does it hit my up. eye like a big pizza pie? You wouldn't see it from Boston because it flew away in New York. Gosh. I think I would see... A giant building. <laughs> it's not the same rocketing moon. to the moon. There's two. There's a different moon for Boston than there is for New York. I didn't know that. <laughs> Tell him. Anyway. Tell him. <laughs> so as you watch, Rosemary, the night sky just becomes one void of inky blackness. And you start to hear like a rushing sound as if all the wind has started to pick up and it's closing like? in on you. And just as it's starting to get real loud, I think that's when Jerry licks your hand and you kind of come to with a start. And if you were to look up at the sky, you would see it's, it's fine. Everything's still there. But you, you may have nodded off a bit. That kind of the dream. It does indeed. Give me a dream. Yep. Oh, for the um, opening cozy vignette here, uh, does this also count for Shadow in the Garden? Oh. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Tell me how how your your uh, Maxine. We'll start with Maxine because we covered that. Tell tell me how your duck tour. How, how there was a uh, dark entity suddenly revealing itself. Uh, on the tour, um, it's a, a repurposed uh, World War II landing vehicle that the, the tour is on. And Maxine keeps looking over her shoulder because she feels like there's someone behind her all the time, but only on the boat. So she keeps trying, she finds a different spot and sort of looks around. And a few minutes later, she's looking over her shoulder. It's like there is someone breathing down her neck. All right. And uh, Violet's common visit. So on the Boston Commons, there is the uh, central burial ground. It's a large cemetery. Um, and it was established in like 1756. Uh, so it's very, very old. And 
while uh, she and Jerry were walking like along the edge of the cemetery and she was kind of just like looking through at the, the different tombstones, um, she kept seeing like shadowy arms like reaching out of the grave and she would look and like kind of stare and, and then blink again and then they'd be gone and then she'd just be looking out over the, the graves again and then she'd see them again start like kind of creeping creeping out of the shadows all right okay so you are uh on your way to the theater and as you get to the door um I think you see Alistair out there waiting for you. And and he's, you know, looking all over his for for when you arrive and then he sees you and he comes rushing over and Aunt Maxine, Aunt Maxine, oh I'm so glad you could make it. Hello, hello Alistair dear. Um th thank you for inviting us. Uh it, it was certainly been an interesting day. Thank th thank you for the tickets. Oh, I'm glad you enjoyed. Um, so I uh, didn't want to tell you this over the phone, uh, but um, well, uh, I invited, and at this point you hear a voice behind you and she says, hey, mom. And Maxine turns around and Felony is there. Felony is there. Oh, hello, oh. Felony. Maxine will go over and give Felony a hug. Oh, hello, dear. Oh, oh my, you, you've, have you put on weight? Uh, good to see you too, Mom. You you will probably recall that Felony and Alistair were, were really close as kids, almost almost like brother sister more than than cousins. And so it's not incredibly surprising, but uh Felony is here and she she kind of smiles thinly. Uh has everyone met Felony before? I was about to ask that. Have um probably would I would think so. Although it's probably just been sort of in passing, I think Maxine probably uh, did something thoughtless, like borrowed Felony's car to go to a, a book club meeting on the day that she had to leave, or something like that, and so she had to go back and get it from the the book club meeting. And uh, Alistair ushers you into the theater. And the theater is, uh, it's called the Twilight Playhouse. It's not big or fancy. Uh, it's very dark inside, very moody, and uh, mostly just black walls with stark red curtains, very uh, avant-garde. And as you get past the lobby, Alistair just guides you right into the theater before they're letting most of the people in and setting, showing you to your seats. There are 
five seats reserved. And the whole time he's just nattering about uh, how exciting it is to be part of this and um, just this is such a, a groundbreaking play and he really hopes you like it and uh, thanks you profusely for coming out and, and Felony is much warmer to him than he, she seems to be to, to Maxine. And when you are seated, so there's the five of you, Jerry has a seat reserved. He, he can sit on the floor though, but that's okay. Probably wouldn't, probably wouldn't accommodate. Uh, uh, yeah, theater seats are so narrow and short. Anyway, um, how, how are you arranged? What do you mean? Like who's sitting where? Sitting who's sitting next to Felony? Oh well, Maxine will of course be sitting next to Felony, and we'll be asking Felony uh, if she's coming home for Christmas and is she dating anyone right now? And generally prying and being kind of annoying. Uh, Felony is dating someone. Uh, she doesn't seem interested in in getting into too many details, and she'll see how how her schedule is around Christmas. Uh, it's you know it's a long flight, and she could only get so much time off to uh, to come see this. So, well, don't don't they have those those remote remote works now? You could you could phone it in. No, that's a different thing. Yeah, maybe she says. And she'll, um, you know, lean over and, and say, it's, it's good to see you ladies again. You as well, dear. How are and you doing Jerry? with your job? Oh, it's, uh, it's pretty stressful, but it certainly keeps me busy. What is it you do again? Uh, I'm a day trader in Copenhagen. Fancy. Copenhagen, dear. You just sound erudite. I'm going to say that Violet's sitting on the other side of Felony. All right. Um, is it? <laughs> okay. Um, sorry, she will say it correctly, even if I don't, because she uh, <laughs> speaks Denmarkish. Um, I believe it's Denmarkese. Oh, sorry, Denmarkese. Right. Denmarkesque. <laughs> <laughs> I like that better. Denmarkwa. Okay. Um, she will, will uh, you know, make polite chatter. And soon enough, the theater doors open. And you are surprised that this there's a pretty good turnout here. It is uh, like think off-Broadway, so not not super high capacity, but pretty full. And um, as the uh, ushers, you know, finish ushering everyone in and close the doors, there is the sudden, like, just slash of strings for, for music accompaniment and then the lights they don't dim they just just snap off before in a rather 
technically astounding way, the lights on the stage seem to like glow to life and dance around as the various figures come on the stage. And the play itself is divided into three acts. The first act, as you're, uh, as you're watching, um, it's pretty normal. You don't know much about this play beforehand. Everything is shrouded in secrecy. But uh, the first act depicts the day-to-day -day life of a female protagonist who uh, you know is identified only as the journey woman. And the first act ends when the journey woman receives news that her three immediate family members have all been killed in a bizarre fishing accident, which might, uh, might hew a little close to the bone for a couple of you. The second act is Stranger and depicts the journey woman's travels in the underworld with a character called the Boatman as they seek to find the court of the occluded king in order to petition him for the release of her family members from this shadowy realm. And it's at this point that you have the uh, intermission. And as the lights fade on, you hear the dog barking from downstairs because he apparently needs to pee. So uh, let's take a five minute intermission and we'll come back and get back into the play. Get yes. it. BRB. Okay, so uh, the intermission is uneventful. You, you chat, you go to the little girl's room, you get the uh, little overpriced bottles of water that they take the caps off of before giving to you. And uh, when you return and the lights turn off again and the show resumes, picks up in the middle of the second act. Um, but by the time it transitions to the third act, things have gotten utterly bizarre, difficult to follow, and to large portions of the audience that are walking out in the middle of it, apparently insufferable. The bulk of this act involves the introduction of three courtiers of the occluded king, the duchess, the prince, and the knave. Uh, Martin, I will give you the duchess. Tracy, you can have the prince and Matt, you have the knave. I am going to ask you to describe the scene in which the character is introduced. So let's start with the Duchess. Martin, what, what's the scene like where he is introduced? And the scene should be either horrifying or bizarre. And... Uh, I gotta check what masks you have marked. Okay, horrifying or bizarre. Always a good sign. Uh -huh. um, let's say it is horrifying. 
Um, oh, and then I'm supposed to describe how horrifying it is, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, let's say that the um, there's a point where um, there's this uh, <clears throat> there's a fountain like little fountain display on the um on the stage and um yeah we'll say that they somehow get water working in there and it's it's not like a huge display but it's like a you know it looks like a working fountain and then um the scene where the duchess is um revealed um the water turns to blood (laughs) and then like um through stage magic and riggery um the duchess like um emerges out of these this fountain of blood very nice All right, uh, let's hear about the prince. So the introduction of the prince is not initially visual, you hear him and you hear instead of one voice, a chorus of voices kind of like echoing upon each other, like um, in different pitches and uh, just this kind of like cacophony of noise. And when the prince steps out into the stage lights, you see that it's because they've used apparently very elaborate stage makeup to create all of these different faces all over his body. So you see this like other face on his neck, other face like on his arms and they're just like gaping open with like uh, sharp teeth and just kind of this like open maw with this dangling tongue. And you see them on like the, he has uh, like kind of like this, you know, like this very fancy royal, you know, jacket on, but it's it's open. Uh, so it shows his chest, which also has these faces on it. And as uh, the prince is uh, appearing on the stage, dozens of people in the audience put on featureless golden masks and begin making wailing, almost animal-like noises at the stage. Do we have and masks too? You do not. And in point of fact, spoiler, no one will remember doing this if you were to ask any of the audience members after. That is a void clue. Which we're going to run into a problem soon because you have more void clues than you need and more than the keepers set to hold. I'll figure that out later. Um, <laughs> well, only if this, if only this character keeper were just, you know. Mutable in some way. Yeah. If only you knew the person who made it. Anyway. Um, if only I would give them a talking to. All right. Uh, so the knave, please. In the scene where the knave is introduced, uh, it's 
weirdly mirrored. There are there is a play happening inside of the play, and there is a row of what looks like theater seats from the current theater have been ripped up and placed on the stage. And uh, there are people sitting in them watching the play inside the play. And the knave arrives on stage uh, disguised as the, the journeywoman you said was the first character? Yes. Uh, arrives disguised as the journeywoman and he walks up behind the audience on stage and just brutally murders them. Like stabs oh. them repeatedly. Um, and then uh, rips off the journeywoman disguise and says, the skeletons in the cupboard are coming home to roost. And then crawls under the row of seats, jumps off the stage and runs out of the, out the front, like the back of the theater as his entrance. All right, uh, cool. Yep. Um, and this play inside of a play, there are just outside of this fake stage is a fake lobby. And there are a brother and sister with no eyes in their sockets entertaining each other while waiting for their parents who are in the play. That's also a void clue, but. Dang, how many clues we gonna get? Had the right crowns marked. I will figure out how to zhuzh that into the keeper later. Anyway, um, so uh, yeah, things have gotten weird, to put it mildly. Um, and finally, the play concludes with the appearance of the occluded king, an overly tall figure in tattered black robes, a ghostly white mask, and a blood red helm. Uh, Violet, as you are sitting watching, you can't see anything through the occluded king's mask. You can't see any eyes, but you feel fairly certain that he is looking at you. And underneath the words that he is saying in the play, you hear a voice whispering, and it seems to be whispering directly at you. And it says, my beloved. Gross. And no T-Y. whispers a prophecy of death to you. Not yours, Rosemary's or Maxine's. You, he is telling you when they will die. We'll come back to that later. No one else seems to react to this. No one else seems to hear it. Uh, and you, you said you're sitting next to Felony? If you were to kind of whisper to her, like, did, did you hear that? She would be, I've heard a lot of things, but uh, nothing special. 
Um, and after this, the chorus members sing a shrieking, discordant dirge as the courtiers push the journeywoman towards the king. The lights go out, and when they come back on again, the curtain's lowered. There is no bow, and there are no ovations. There's some, like, hesitant, uncertain applause. Like, are we... Is, and then the doors at the back of the theater open and the ushers start helping people exit. Oh, was that it? Well. That was a thing. It's one of the more postmodern things I, th I think I've seen. Everyone's got to push the envelope these days. I didn't get a mask like everybody else did. No one seems to have a mask. In, in fact, you aren't entirely sure if you even really saw that, frankly. But show is over. Um, you see no sign of the cast or crew. Do you just... Oh, the ice cream truck is back. Um, do you uh, head to your hotel? I mean, Maxine would know that they're probably busy doing stuff and, and tearing things down for the, for the performance and debriefing and whatnot. And assumes that she'll hear from Alistair later and she can ask him a couple of questions about his life choices. So let's. Uh, Maxine will try to get Felling to go out clothes shopping uh, with her, though. Uh, Felony will, will kind of go. Um, uh, yeah, I'm I'm here and for another day. Maybe tomorrow we can we can do that. We, we can find you something that looks a little bit less Latvian air stewardess. Mm hmm. Hmm. Great. Sounds good. And you will find out that Felony is staying at the same hotel you are, but you three, presumably, uh, I'm going to assume that Ms. West is leveraging, if not her bank account, Ms. Masterson's to get you, get the three of you like a nice suite with a, a shared living room with individual bedrooms. But of course. Um, so you go back to your hotel room and I'm sure you all have just absolutely normal dreams after that. Um, I always have normal dreams. <laughs> Maxine does try gamely to like take some notes on the lighting to like offer something to say. But doesn't does it doesn't get too far? Excuse me. Um, okay, she uh, has written some notes, and in the morning, um, you get a knock at your hotel room door, and it is Alistair on the other side, and he looks upset.
who's getting the door? Don't we have separate rooms? I thought we had, oh, we have a, a shared. Oh, like a shared, shared like living room suite. Yeah, kind of yeah. thing. Um, I would assume that it would either be Violet or Rosemary, because I'm guessing Maxine's still sleeping. Probably it's early. <laughs> so uh, I'll say uh, Violet uh, goes to the door and looks through the the peephole, sees Alistair there, and uh, opens it up and is like. Hey, kiddo. You okay? Hey, uh, can do you mind if I come in and, and talk? Uh, is my aunt here? Uh, give us like five. She looks at her watch. Fifteen minutes mm-hmm. to wake up, Maxine. Uh, do you mind just hanging out in the? Uh, I'll try as quick as possible she, she's a she's a heavy sleeper right uh okay all right one sec and uh she she shuts the door and walks over and like kind of like shakes maxine gently mm-hmm. maxine sits up oh stage left what hello <laughs> pilot <laughs> your your nephew's your nephew's here oh he brought breakfast how lovely no, just get dressed or, or something. Just get presentable-ish quickly. I, I told him it'd oh. only be 15 minutes. I know that's like an hour shorter than what it usually oh, takes. Oh, no. But um, okay. Is everything okay? He doesn't... He, he looks kind of disturbed. I don't know. I, I think something's wrong. Beyond his taste in theater? I, mm. Yes. Okay. Okay. Maxine's sort of blinking herself awake and looking around a little bit stunned. Um, yeah, just just, just uh, go enter, entertain him, keep him, uh, if he's disturbed, uh, I will be out very soon. And Maxine flies into a flurry of activity. Violet grabs Jerry uh, and decides to uh, bring him out to wait with Alistair and try to see if that distracts him a little or lets him you know get a little be a little soothed as um violet comes out um she'll see that rosemary's already like talking with alistair and she's like you know the last time that um my husband and i we were in boston we also came to the theater and we saw this lovely playing of um macbeth have you seen macbeth macbeth is a very very interesting play. Um, and I hadn't seen it before. I'd read it before, but my husband was like, oh, you know, you've got to see this production of Macbeth. And so he went to go see this production of Macbeth. And you know what? Half the people in that play had not memorized their lines. And it was so interesting. They were just stumbling through it. They were trying to get through it. Alistair, have you met Jerry? And... Is Alistair oh, a traditional <laughs> person? Because uh, if so, Probably looking at uh, Rosemary with horror right now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he'll he'll just kind of uh, yeah. Hi, Jerry. And he'll you know scratch Jerry under the chin and just uh, yep. He he will be doing his best with Rosemary. And tail and 
jumps up uh, on Alistair. And uh, when Maxine uh, manages to to reveal herself, um, her photo has appropriately been changed. I see that. Um, I love it. I should rewatch that show. Anyway, um, <laughs> he will, you know, he'll start off by saying, "So, uh, what you th- what do you think of the play?" It was. Um... Avant-garde. I, I made some, the notes, the lighting was very interesting. Um, it uh, didn't, I, I don't know how much you can see from, from when you're running the lights there. Um, I don't know that it was that, I'm not sure how the audience took it, dear. I, yeah, I imagine it would kind of go over some people's heads. You know, it's, it's pretty right. dense. Dense, yes. yes. Yeah, lots of lots of symbolism. Can you explain what the uh, creepy prince with multiple faces was symbolizing? Um, death. <laughs> Maxine just winces and like just put she puts her hand up and like massages her forehead for a moment and then like realizes that she's she's being obvious and just put sort of like lowers her hand. Um actually uh, I mean I'm I'm in it for the the technical challenge, but what I'm really here to talk to you about is um so uh, oh boy. After the play last night, um, the actress who was playing journey, the journey woman, um, well, uh, I found her dead. Um, found her? Yeah, I, I was, I was the one who found her. Um, are you okay? It was, uh, it it was a shock, but um, okay. Yeah, I'm, take I'm your okay. time, dear. Yeah, I. Uh, she had been stabbed with uh, a dagger. In in the heart, um, and uh, the only people who were close enough to Natasia, uh, that, that's her name. Natasia, was her name. Uh, were the actors and the chorus members and. The director and me uh and the boston pd is investigating but uh well i'm a suspect and i didn't there would be so many suspects with the actually like bites that comment off to say with the adoring public the play is certain to have but uh, (laughs) just kind of uh course correct into with everyone at the theater having been nearby well it was yeah during like right at the end of the the play we they think um but i i didn't do it and i know that solving mysteries is uh something you ladies 
like to get up to, and I'm hoping you'll help solve this one. Well, I'm, I'm sure we could have a, a look around. And I mean, Alistair and, and Maxine will sort of like look at him straight on and, and like take both of his shoulders. Did you do it? No, God, no. Okay, well then it will be it will be fine then. We'll get it all sorted out, and you have nothing to worry about, dear. At least, well, in this respect. What? Never mind. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> he will uh, ask you. He will tell you that. Um, the cast and uh, the cast hangs out at a drinking club called the Sticks during the day, and that they're having dinner at the apartment of Ambrose uh, Sinclair, the directors, and his wife Veruca um, that night. And uh, so he he wants to know what your your plan of attack here is? Generally speaking, we'd go to the scene of the crime and see what information we could find. Yeah, that, yeah. that makes sense. At the theater backstage? Yes. Fancy Boston PD going to let us in there? Uh, I... I... Aunt Maxine, maybe you can pull some strings. Oh, I'll, I'll see what I can do, dear. And Maxine will exit stage right for a phone call. <laughs> so, um, yeah, where would you like to start? Do you want to go to the theater? The Twilight Playhouse? To the or or the sticks which is where is anybody at the theater or um there probably won't be too many people there now okay we could still check it out the scene of the crime person the body's not still there hopefully right no her body is gone i would assume boston pd is a little more on top of things than uh, they better be yeah they they are uh, okay, so the theater. Uh, it's pretty much the same as it was last night, except obviously uh, fewer people. And when you arrive at the set uh, and Alistair takes you right onto the set, so you see all the, the little blocking markers and all the, the, you know, the things you normally don't see from the audience. As the camera pans around you, looking around this space, what do we see that subtly suggests that this is some sort of ritual space? Mm, Like markings on the floor? Ritualistic markings? Circles and triangles. All right. 
Um, I would say there's uh, like sensors for incense that are not using just like unscented stage incense. They are like, it is smelly. Who left this sage out? See, there's uh, like candles uh, arranged around uh, on the ground. Um, and they're like melted in place. So you can see that they've been used like several times. They're not just, you know, stuck in a candle holder and on the ground. Um, and also it would be really alarming for most, you know, theater companies to have open flame backstage. That usually wouldn't be a thing. As uh, Alistair took you down to the theater and as he's doing a lot of nervous how how well are those children screaming coming through well loud and clear oh now, <laughs> now yes it's it's mood mood uh, yeah. sound effects yeah, this is yeah. what they do all day <laughs> I, I don't get it what is with all the shrieking why do children shriek so much Anyway. I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. It's not fire uh, truck alarms or sirens. So, you know, it's something. It's just... Anyway, moving on. Um, he will explain and introduce the suspects to you. First up is Ambrose Sinclair, the director. Um, he... Uh, Alistair will, will say that he is very upset about Natasia's death. Natasia Gray is her name. Um, and he'll, he'll mention that he kind of saw, the, the director kind of saw her as like his protege. And Veruca Sinclair is uh, Ambrose's wife. She played the Duchess. And uh, she is also heartbroken about Natasia, who kind of uh, came off like almost like a daughter to her. Uh, he will mention Anthony Vite, who played the boatman, and his wife, Belladonna Vite, who was a member of the chorus. Gregor Thune, who played the occluded king, who has really changed since beginning to play the, the occluded king. Um, and Gian, Giancarla Thune, his wife, who was also a member of the chorus. Um, Gregor Thune has a brother in Brindlewood Bay. Um, you may know of him. He, he does show up in some of the other mysteries, not any of the ones we've done, but he is a, a banker in Brindlewood Bay. He is like a, a town, a towny character. So we might be able to play with that. But uh, he will also mention that Otho Fane played the knave. Um, and Otho Fane is uh, very rich and is doing this kind of out of boredom because why not 
he his wife Delia Fane is uh, a member of the chorus and Natasia Gray's husband Maxime Gray who played the prince um he is very upset obviously and so he'll he'll give you this brief overview we'll fill out the the notes in a bit when you learn more but just to give you a bit of a a preview of who you'll be meeting the theater is empty but for you uh five i guess and he just kind of stands around with his hands in his pocket looking around the space with you as if he could find something what's your your move all is here out of the cast like you said that they're meeting at the sticks during the day so i assume is any of are any of the people on this list here or no not right now okay excellent so i think maxine will open by saying so alistair dear why why do you think the police suspect you because I was here, because I found the body? Well, sure, but there were many people who were here. That doesn't, they must have some, they must have some reason they've given you that they would suspect you in particular. They're suspecting everyone who was on this side of the stage last night. Did you happen to see, Anyone that was leaving the scene of the crime? No, I didn't notice anyone who didn't belong backstage. What time where... did you find? Sorry. Mm, go ahead. Just what time, Violet asked, what time did you find her? Uh, pretty minutes after the curtain went down. I just went backstage and there she was. Well, that's interesting because they would have, she wouldn't have been the only one backstage. There were lots of other people there. Where, did no one else see anything? Where did they all go? I, I don't know. She was just in the back corner, it was a little shadowy behind some props, I guess. Can, can you show us the, the spot? Uh, yeah, yeah. And he will take you backstage. And as a paint the scene question, do you have any experience in theater? And if so, what about this place takes you as in your maven back? I imagine Maxine has some. <laughs> Sure. Uh, Maxine did theater before she, well, as she was coming up and she was exiting the the very small roles uh, on TV, she was still doing some theater and it just, the backstage and the, the, you know, the limelight and the height over the crowd sort of takes her back. And there was always a certain 
immediacy to theater that uh, Maxine felt fulfilling personally, if not uh, in a career sense. All right. Anyone else have a theater experience? Mm, uh, so not necessarily theater experience, but um, in the schools that um, Rosemary would teach at, sometimes she'd like um, um, help out the drama kids or whatever, or um, uh, when the drama teacher couldn't sit in after hours to like um, watch the the drama students um, practice or rehearse their um, their plays. Uh, Rosemary would sit in. Rosemary did elementary school, right? Yeah. Did did she not do like class plays? Yeah, that. <laughs> and that's exactly what I'm talking about. Those right. class plays. Gotcha. I would say, I would say Violet doesn't have direct. Like Violet was never. Violet was like. Um, Violet was a sports gay, uh, but uh, <laughs> Lily. Lily was a, a theater gay, and so she accompanied uh, Lily to uh, several like musicals and, and stage plays. And Lily was occasionally, uh, when she was younger, occasionally dabbled in acting. Um, in just like small, like local, local things. All right. Uh, so he will show you around backstage and the backstage is fairly standard. Um, what he uh, is describing is that the, the lights for the stage are controlled in a booth at the back of the theater, not too surprising there. But he actually has to run all the way back here to control the lights for inside the house. And it was when he was going back and turning off the lights inside the, the, the seating area that he found the body because they ushered everyone out pretty quick. It's not a, they don't let people just hang around. The curtain went down. They ushered everyone out and he was turning off the big overhead hot lights from the seating area when he found her. And he will describe her as uh, she was still in her costume and she had a, a, a dagger sticking out of her chest, a strange dagger. He was not familiar with it. It was not a prop. You didn't touch it, did you, dear? No, I, I, I checked her pulse to see if she had one and she didn't, but I didn't, I didn't touch anything else. What did the dagger look like? It was, it, it looked really old and kind of like marble. And the, the end of it was, uh, well, it had like, it's weird, but it, it had a design at the end that looked like the occluded king's mask. 
the occluded like, king from the play? Yeah, like that that white ghost like face. So it was but, a prop? No. Are, are you sure it wasn't like a, a rejected prop? Like your director maybe didn't have it made and end up not using it or something? I've never seen it before. If it's from the prop department, it's it doesn't have anything like it there. Do you know anyone that may have wanted to to hurt her? Did she have any enemies? Enemies? No. I mean, no. A rival, maybe? Is there anyone? Well, she's the leading lady. Did she have anyone jealous of her position? Yeah, uh, Belladonna. She uh, she kind of always seemed to think she should have been the journeywoman in the first place. But I can't disagree with Ambrose's casting. She was really good in the role. She was perfect. And other than Belladonna, and even that, it was more like frenemies, you know? Like, they didn't not get along. And, and who's Belladonna? Uh, she was a member of the chorus. Uh, she was married to the boatman. Well, the mm-hmm. actor who played the boatman. So I presume that the police have been by and have taken the body at this point, right? Yes. Presumably, then also the actual dagger. Yes. Mm-hmm. Let's. Uh, Maxine will want will let, like will want to examine the area where the body was and try to see like, is there anything the police missed? Where, where are the sight lines to that area? Like, how easy would it have been to to not see her? How easy is it still to get? Like, are the did the Boston PD not like? block this off as a crime scene or anything and whatnot. This yellow tape won't stop me because I can't read. <laughs> well, it's, it's also a TV show. <laughs> we don't have to worry about actual procedures. They're gone. They've, they've taken their photos and, and scanned their luminols and whatever. They can just enhance. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so Going to the area, you see the panel on the wall where the uh, big light switches for the the uh, the theater lights are. House lights. Not the stage lights, house lights. Thank you. Um, and it is a little bit tucked away. There's a small, like, it, it's not exactly a nook, but just the way that some of the set pieces are arranged, it makes it kind of a little more secluded. Um, Like it's not a room unto itself, but there's not very many good sight lines, let's say. If you're not looking directly, uh, like parallel to the wall. Alistair, dear, was she, um, which way was she facing? Uh, She was, he'll, he'll describe she was, flat on her back, her, her uh, feet 
towards the center stage, head towards the outside wall. Stabbed in the front or the back? Stabbed in the front, through the heart. Right. Were there any other um, markings or um, injuries or uh, that you could see on her body? No, no, she looked... I mean, she looked dead, but other than that, she, she was fine. The, the, the wardrobe was fine. So it doesn't, the, so you wouldn't think it would have, it was a fight of any kind. I don't think so. And like nothing was knocked over. And certainly, um, well, we could prove this and, uh, Maxine will ask someone to stand where the body was and like scream and then like try to see how far away you could hear it. Uh, Alistair will point out that um, he thinks it probably happened when the uh, chorus members were shrieking the discordant dirge. Because they uh, they push the journeywoman toward the king and the journeywoman and the king disappear and the chorus members continue singing the dirge and then the lights go out and the curtain gets lowered. Well, I mean, that certainly would narrow down the suspect pool. The chorus was on stage. Yeah, uh, but uh, the, don't forget everyone was in masks and robes you might not be able to be sure who was on stage. Are there any security cameras here backstage? No. Uh, Ambrose had them all ripped out. Why? Why? Because this is his greatest work and he didn't want to risk anything getting out. They haven't even published any photos. This is all super underground very secretive it's an interesting way to make a profit on a play you saw the house it was packed initially well it goes over a lot of people's heads was she um did it was was she posed where she was laying or did it look like she just sort of fell there it looked like she'd just fallen i don't think she was posed okay uh maxine will investigate the area at like the ground under there like look under some of the prop pieces uh if there's a, a lighting panel check like the top of the lighting panel for anything left up there um Yeah, that kind of thing. Please do a medal with reason. Did I change my reason? Had you boosted it at all? No, I don't think so. What did I choose last time? 
Uh, sensitivity, I think, because base right. is minus one. Reason 10. Nice. Uh, he... Sorry, uh, Alistair stays out of your way as you look around. Um, and I think it says you are crouching under... As you're, you're looking under... Uh, one of the set pieces, but it's not a set piece from the current play. Like you didn't recall it. it. It seems to just being left backstage. You find a pile of bones. Prop bones or real bones? You think yeah. real. Human bones? Or non-human hmm? bones? Are you I am. Okay. Um, <laughs> they look like could go either way, really. Jerry starts sniffing at the bone pile. Oh, those aren't plastic. Maxine puts them down. That's, um, well. Jerry starts nosing at them, and Violet just kind of like pulls him back. No, 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 no. Alistair is like, what? What is that? And yeah, he's going to, oh, are those, oh my God. Are they, is it like just bones? Is like, like dry bones, not anything like viscera or wet? Just, or just yeah, dry bones. Okay. How old do they look? Couldn't tell you. They are uh there there's no like flesh on them there. But they, they definitely look like real bones. Bring out the forensics kit. How um are there any uh the various uh ritual signs that we saw backstage? How close are those to where the body was found? Um, the ritual things seem to be confined to the set. So you don't see much in the backstage other than perhaps these bones. Ooh, ooh, ooh. we invented a spell last time to figure out what magical items do. Ritual items. Yes. Do you want to do your occult move on the ritual signs? Would it just lead us here if the ritual took place here? Well, it says we just we gain a clue and can detail the results of the work and attempt to discover magical properties of an item or spell while in sensitivity. And a hit, it works, and you gain a clue and can detail with the results of the working. You will learn what the the ritual stuff would be for. Stuff seems to be, yeah. Okay. To accomplish. 
Hmm. Well, we got to roll on sensitivity, Miss Rosemary. We do. Because if we fail, we can't ever use this again, right? Ever again. As a move. Or is that... Uh, no, we've already established that's a thing we can do. It's just it's a matter of, uh, on a miss, we gain a clue, but also a void crown. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, it's it's the establishing where you can fail and not be able to do it again. Right, right, right. You fail to learn the, the thing, really. It's just a sensitivity roll? Uh, yep, 2d6 plus 2 for you. Unless you can make some kind of case for... It's a nine. Okay, a nine. Nice. Uh, okay, so... Rosemary, tell me, like, what are you doing? How are you tapping into the eldritch energies here? <laughs> um, <laughs> great laugh. Rosemary uh, digs into her 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 bag and um, also she pulls out a little. Uh, a little concoction that she made that she recently learned how to create um, and it sort of helps her tap into I guess uh, uh, so she remembers like an acid trip that she went <laughs> that she had that like um, uh, really um, threw her for a loop and so she was able to find a combination of herbal remedies that sort of mimicked that same feeling that she had. And so um, that's what, she doesn't smoke it or whatever. She just, it's like in the form of like a, uh, she distilled it into like this, for lack of a better phrasing, like a potion or a mixture or like a kombucha or something. And so um, she takes a sip and she's able to see um kind of like uh how would you describe it like the the aura um sort of like uh like 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 a puppet on the string she can see the strings you know like and how um how things work and how they fit together and if that does that make sense it's kind of like she can see the inner workings okay she can open so, up the clock and see the the cogs moving the red strings on the board make sense to her exactly all right i'm going to give you your Are they being last... murdered? Can you just check and make sure <laughs> they're not being murdered? Can you just they're not being murdered? I promise. Just take uh, a peek and make sure they're not, you know, being chased by. Somebody. They're they're fine. You can't actually see them from this window, but they are hanging out on the front lawns of like a strip of houses across the street, just just shrieking. That's I I don't. I don't get it, but I at some point, y'all should just go outside at 
some point in the day and just start screaming out. I kind of want to just like, yeah, <laughs> lean on my window and just scream back. Just, Except, no, like, just I don't... go outside and just stand there and just start screaming. Scream at them? You and, so have... and then see if Obi will come along too and you'll just like start screaming. I, I have a, a very, I have a very powerful it. scream. Like, <laughs> I, I have a good scream. But it's it's not like like it is it is literally like the onomatopoeia of screaming. I just ah like just really loud. Um, I could probably scare some people. Ben anyway, is Black Widow, it's can or not Black Widow, Black Canary, it's canon now. <laughs> um, right. Okay. Uh, I'm going to give you your last void clue. Now we can solve the mystery and it's the end of the game, right? Well, you you can yes. you can get the void mystery anyway, but at a, or you'll be ready for you've been ready for the void mystery for a while. But basically, you don't need void clues anymore. You've you've unlocked everything you can with them. Uh, I will I will tell you void clues. It can be flavor, but you're not going to get any more mechanical Extra. benefits. Yeah, it's the flavor of the void. <laughs> It's the fragrant void. So let's, what does let's it smell, smell like? It smell like um, um, sweet peas. What? <laughs> sweet peas. <laughs> sweet pea. Okay. Um. Anyway, <laughs> the uh, lavender and bergamot. So as pomegranate and ambergris. Probably that. So you say pomegranate and hamburgers? Hamburgers. <laughs> oh my god. Pomegranate and hamburgers. It's like yeah, girl, it was like, all mysterious and then it wasn't. <laughs> Persephone is like all up into McDonald's. Right. Chilling with Burger King. She is the um, Burger Queen. She is the Burger Queen. <laughs> um, it's just cucumber melon. So, okay. Serious time. Um, really undercut by the the squealing child outside but anyway um so kind of like the the uh like you know in a movie where someone's having a vision and they'll be seeing one thing but then you'll get flashes of something else happening so rosemary as you are tripping balls um you see that the You understand that the rituals being cast here are designed to thin the veil between uh, this reality and uh, not to enter another place, but to allow something from another place to enter this one. And as you are discerning this, we see flashes of the dark ocean on a a dark night. And in the distance, you see Brindlewood Bay. And the camera zooms towards Brindlewood Bay. You see it passing through the uh, fish market and passing through Main Street. You see the candlelit booksellers and the entire town is dark and silent. And the camera cuts away. We see more of, you know, the stage rituals and then more of Brindlewood Bay. 
more of the stage rituals. And then the camera kind of slams to a stop over the water just off of Brindlewood Bay and floating in the air above the churning sea is a driftwood crown dripping with blood and bits of meat. And you know that it is waiting for you. For me, or is that like a general you? It is waiting for the mavens. Mm. Oh, don't like that. Cool so story, that bro. Is... Maxine's up for a lot of fashion challenges, but pairing something with a dripping blood crown is, is pretty tough. Right. That is your your final void clue. And does anything really go with driftwood? Right? So, Rosemary, you know that they are ritually trying to thin the cosmic veil here. Oh, that's what this ritual was for. That's what this ritual is for. Quoted. I'll I'll count that as a a clue for the mystery. But well, actually, I'm hmm, I'm not hmm. going to because it uh, that fact doesn't actually matter for the the actual murder. Hmm. Rosemary has the other dagger, right? Um, Did I take that one? Yes. I didn't put it in the cozy little place. I didn't know if that was something to... Yep, it should go in your cozy little place. The dagger from the gaze. So do you share this finding with the others? Uh, duh. Alistair so will will look kind of not in like, front of Alistair. Oh, okay. He's so not privy little, to this information. A little whispered conversation. Right, we have a powwow. And I detail all that I can't to the same level the same degree as, as Ben did but you know what he said thinning the veil something wants through something like that you know you know how those pesky cultists be darn it if you believe anything that Rosemary says so you sort of nod slowly. Right. Is it following us? This I, this is kind of weird, right? What it? What well, it? okay. Can Alistair, dear, can you go fetch us a drink? 
for a moment. Uh, there's um, uh, from the here, and, and she'll hand Alistair like 40 bucks. Like, that should I pay require for... purified water. We, we require banana? Perrier. $13. Yes. Per Perrier? Um, okay. Um, I probably, I, I really shouldn't just leave you here, uh, but. Um, we promise not, oh, to, we'll not be to hurt fine. anything. We'll be on our best behavior. What they said. Okay. Yeah, right. Uh, okay. And he, he will excuse himself. Okay, so there was the thing with Amanda Krause. And then there was. Just been, it, uh, listen, I don't subscribe to conspiracies, let's say. I think this is more than a conspiracy. But it, yeah, I agree. It does seem. I mean, after what happened in Mucky Point with, you know, and everything with the, the, the strange people below the teeth, below the uh, uh, snowdrop house and just like, there, there is. Uh, is you can't it, deny that it's all a bit strange, don't you think? Exactly, it's very strange. And now it's happening here. And is it because we're here? Is it following us? That sounds crazy. Maxine just sort of looks away like, and fumbles in her purse for her flask. <laughs> I'm, I'm talking nonsense. I can't say if it's following us, but again, it's likely that it's connected. It's ridiculous. This, this can't be. But what if it is? But wh why? How would they know we were here? How would they like, what? Unless, I mean, are they, oh. Maxine sort of fans herself. Are they just everywhere and we haven't seen them before? That sounds, again, crazy. Not crazy, but more than a coincidence. You, you haven't dosed us with anything, Rosemary, have you? I mean, I know that would be, that'd be very droll, but. Other than the cafe, no. They were tasty. But I didn't know about that. They were tasty. I want to go back and try that pomegranate hamburger. Okay. Well, I suppose whatever, whatever is going on will... Possibilities, Maxine. Oh, gosh. That just... I mean, the number of people who told me that when I was... In Hollywood, there's always someone who wants you for their cult. So do you think this is related to the people you found that you ran into? I mean, it, could it be? It's, I just, it seems strange. That's all. So many times in a row and so many, so many murders recently. And, and they just keep having these weird things. And I just, I remember when this stuff didn't happen to me. 
She should have shrugged. Really? Well, I... I thought your life was always full of adventure, Maxine. It was, but it was a very different kind of adventure. It was fast cars and attractive men and glamour and lights, not murder and piles of bones. And it's at this point that I think you get a text message from Etienne, just a, a simple, hello, how are you? When are you coming home? Sup, looking? You up? You up? That's what, that's what he said. That's what he said. <laughs> you up? Maxine wants to sort of stare at her phone and be like, see, that is, that is more my kind of adventure. Oh, we know. And as you are standing backstage discussing this, a door to the uh, like the dressing rooms and, and the makeup thing open and there is a woman in a very very nice black dress tall black heels she has shiny black hair pulled back really tight almost severely and blood red lipstick and she blinks when she sees you and says who who are you explain yourselves before i call the police Hmm. Maxine will sort of sigh be like did the lawyers not talk to you? The lawyers? And she is reaching into her purse to grab her phone The lawyers were just talking to everyone here I phoned them earlier Did did pain and fear not get in touch with you? (laughs) Pardon me (laughs) Pain and fear. <laughs> C-A-Y-N-E and F-E-E-R. Cool. Um, L-L-P. L-L-P. Gotcha. Uh, she just scowls at you and, and says, answer my question before I call the police. We're investigating the, well, events here. Natasia's death? Who, who hired you? We're an interested third party, and that's why the lawyers should have been in touch with you. I am going to... to Maxine pulls out her phone and calls Robin Masterson's law firm, Pain and Fear. <laughs> and she uh, is calling someone as well. And as you both are having parallel conversations, uh, e- the others can get the sense that she is talking to the director of the play and eyeing the three of you. And you hear her mutter every now and again, they brought a dog to the set. <laughs> and uh, then she, she ends the call and she goes, they must have called my husband. I was not made aware of this arrangement. 
My name is Veruca Sinclair. I am a producer here and an the actress. Veruca Sinclair? The one and only. You did such an amazing job last night, right? Yes. Thank you. Now, who are you? Veruca was the Duchess, right? She was. Yeah. So how? tell me, how did they, your scene when you came out and you rose out of the blood, but how did they, that just looked like magic. Did that take a long time to put together? I'm, I'm sorry. I, I, I can't. Oh, you don't really concern yourselves with all the, the technical stuff, huh? I was just here to collect my purse. I left it last night. I am you've you've caught me off guard. I'm sorry. Were you were you here when um that tragic incident happened? She will turn and look at the direction of where Natasi was found and say, Yes, I was here. I'm so sorry you had to um go through that we, we've been speaking with Alistair and um, he was the one who who found um, who found her that night so we're just trying to help him through this um this this time thank you uh, yes he Alistair is, is part of our family here or he and he's getting there. He will be. And were it's you close to Maxine his family? Hey. Were you close with um Anastasia? Yes, very close. She was uh, disappointed. Okay. If I, you if you don't want to talk about it, it's fine. You know it's it's still kind of raw, isn't it? It's, I just, I don't understand why he would take her now. She was so young, surely. And she, she drops her eyes to the floor and she's, surely she still had work to accomplish for you. Oh, I'm sorry. Who? Him? Who is she? Well, do that, you know, that, that makeup, like. Very gentle eye, eye tear wipe. Yeah, so well. Mm-hmm. And and she'll go. I'm sorry. I it. I'm very upset. And that is completely understandable. And Rosemary will dig in her bag and produce a, a piece of candy and and offer it to Miss Veruca. Uh. No, thank you. I think playing bad cop to Rosemary's good cop, Maxine will will click her phone close. She has a a flip phone still for some reason, presumably so that she can dramatically close it. Sure. And she will scowl at Veruca and say, well, the lawyer should have made things even clearer now, hopefully. And uh, 
There won't be any more misunderstandings, will there be, Miss Veruca? Maxine sort of looks down her nose at Veruca and tries to intimidate her. Veruca will um, look down her nose at you and stand up a little straighter in her uh, very finely fitting dress and uh, say, I recognize you. Didn't you used to once be an actress? <laughs> Moved on to more important things. I finished my career and uh, now I put people like you away when they don't cooperate. Ooh. I have been quite cooperative with the Boston Police Department. Oh, come now. We know they're not going to find anything useful. Who do you think they are? Professionals? You still haven't told me who you people are. I told you what you need to know. Maxie will stare her down. <laughs> she will just look between the three of you and, and I will do whatever I can to help solve this. Good. We can be out of your hair sooner rather than later. But your Where hair are is you? lovely, by the way. Oh, Rosemary, stop pandering to the suspect. Well, it is. It's lovely. Where were you when uh, Miss Tatasia was discovered? Well, I was on stage uh, moments before, and then I was in my changing room getting undressed. Was there anyone who saw you go towards your changing room? Everyone, I presume. In that outfit, I was hard to miss. Got a point there. Now, I understand that uh, you and Veruca were close. That Ambrose and Veruca were close as well, and that you had a sort of pseudo family thing going on where, you know, she was your protege or whatever. Is that correct? Ambrose thought quite highly of Natasia. And yes, a protege would be an appropriate term. That's French, right, protege? Yes. And were you perhaps jealous of this? Of Natasia? No. Natasia is... She was like a daughter to me. Then who do you think would have done this? Did she have any enemies? No, we're... 
very close in our company. I can't imagine anyone who would want to hurt her. Not even someone who might uh, want to, and sort of in sotto voce, she'll say, thin the veil. Her expression, she, she grows a little pale and she looks between the three of you and says, who are you? Maxine will take the dagger out and idly begin filing her nails with it. The mermaid dagger? Yes. Veruca takes a step back and puts a hand on the, the, the wall behind her and says, you're a midwife. Let's just call us an interested party and leave it at that. She reaches into her bag and pulls out a gun and points it oh, at you. Oh, yay. Excellent. Fantastic. Can Maxine at, tase at her? Maxine? Can you tase her before she shoots you? Yes. That sounds like a night move. I don't, I don't actually really want to tase her. I wanted to keep talking, but I also want to not get shot. Um, can... Maybe keep talking. Hmm. Maxine was... Okay, but then... Uh, while slowly making her... Her, like suddenly putting her hand in her purse for a taser, Maxine will look at the gun and be like, really? You think that's a good idea? Girl, she's going to shoot you. <laughs> her, her hand is shaking, but she is still pointing it at you. Oh, Faruka. If we wanted you dead, you would be. <clears throat> you hear the click of the safety being disabled. We're here to talk about Natasha's murders. Put that away. You're embarrassing yourself. Get out of my sight, midwife. We're not who you think we are. Can you please put the gun down? She swivels the gun. No, she doesn't swivel the gun. She keeps the gun pointed at, at Maxine, but turns to look at you, Violet. Explain yourselves now. We want to figure out what happened. We want to figure out why Natasia died. And I would like to figure out why there are midwives of the fragrant void in my set. Do we know the full title? Yes. <clears throat> okay. See, Mr. Chuckles says, midwives? Oh no, we took this from them. And her, her brows lower and she you oppose the midwives. Well, we've had a few run-ins with them and we're trying to understand how there's been a number of murders and how they've been, how, they, how, they're, um, how they're connected. We think this may be part of that. If you have any information that would assist in that, that would be really helpful. She lowers the gun slowly, but she is looking at the three of you and says, you need to do better than that. Who are you? And why do you have a dagger from the midwives? As I said, one of them misbehaved I will town. shoot you and not lose a wink of sleep. 
Um, Maxine is going to, okay. Drawing on her knowledge of law and order, Maxine is going to critique her pose <laughs> and be like, you're holding the gun wrong. Your, your legs aren't braced. You're not bracing your arm. Your hands are shaking. You're not going to shoot anybody except perhaps a wall or a light. Maxine, don't give her tips. <laughs> Do not give her aiming come tips. Come on. Jeez. It's not even a viable threat. Like, come on. Come on. She just stares at you and says, I'm calling my husband. How about you talk to us and I will put the dagger away and you can put the gun away and we can talk like civilized people who want there to be people or who want to figure out who murdered Natasia. How does that sound? Well, what do you know about these midwives of, you said the fragrant void? She'll give Rosemary a bit of a withering look like don't play stupid and, and she'll say but Rosemary has this look in her eyes like she genuinely doesn't know. <laughs> and how could you say no to Rosemary? Look at her little face. Look at her. She says there are there is a backstage to this world that you are unwise to root around in. Well, at this point, it doesn't seem like we have much of a choice. Like I said, there have been a number of murders that we've investigated recently that all have these connections to um, what you referenced as the, the midwives of the fragrant void, was it? And so, we're trying to understand more to hopefully stop these things from happening. You, can't you know of the ritual, it. right? This, this ritual that happened in this place. And she seems to be debating with herself. I think you're going to need to do a medal with <laughs> presence here. Presence? Wouldn't composure work here? Yeah. We've got a gun drawn on us. That's true. Maxine does, and it's lowered. Well, but I'm not trying to like... You're trying to charm or... Yeah. Am I? Yes. I'm... I said presence. Calm disposition... <laughs> I don't believe in this presence role. I'm just going to put that out there. You have like uh, a lot of crowns. You're fine. Yeah, that's you're, true. you're real fine. 2d6. Is that it? That's it. Hey. Eight. Very good. She says... I am going to need 
some assurance from you that you are not associated with the midwives. And she reaches into her purse and takes out a dagger that looks an awful lot like what Alistair described. And she slips the gun back in the purse and she approaches Rosemary and says, hold out your hand. And Rosemary will do so. What are you doing? Violet is just like skeptical as fuck and is like this, what are you doing is also directed towards Rosemary. She approaches you with the dagger and she takes your wrist with one hand and she takes the dagger and does a little cut in the palm of your hand. Hooray! Um, okay. And then she looks at the blood on the dagger and looks at you and like holds it up to the light and then she reaches into her bag and takes out a little package of Kleenex and pulls one out and wipes the dagger off and holds another out to you. And then she says, you're not a midwife. It's only what we've been telling you this entire time. She just kind of sighs dramatically. That is not sanitized. Kleenexes don't Mm-mm. sanitize. Maxine what did you just give Violet? Or what did you just give Rosemary? Is that how you're able to identify a midwife somehow? We have our ways. What is it that you're looking for? And who is we, more importantly? I suppose there's no sense hiding it. I am of the court of the occluded king. Mm. And we never would have gotten any names or hints about this and anything else except for what we saw in the play, right? Right. Oh, so it's more than just a play. Yes, it's more than just a play. Although it's a damn good play. Certainly made you think. Maxine sort of bobbles her head and goes, Act three could tight be tightened up. She scowls at you. Reviewer critique aside, what is the court of the occluded king? We are a group dedicated to the you would probably call us a cult for the king this king yes the king Dispater the occluded king and how Does this make you different from the midwives? 
the midwives have their own goals. They aren't ours. So and do your goals are... include murdering actresses? I would never, we would never hurt one of our own. And yet a dagger just like that was used to kill her. Her dagger. Her it own was her dagger? dagger. What are your goals? if not the same as the midwives. We are trying to bring forth our God, bring forth the occluded king, Dis Pater. Right, and then you want this world for Dis Pater and the midwives want it for, well, There is a creature. We are we are being summoned. Five minute break. Okay. Actually, let's just let's uh, meet on the hour. Okay. All right, and we will uh, pick up right back there. Brb. Play. Everyone. Well done. Hey. She uh, notably does not state the name of whatever being the uh, the midwives are aligned with. Maxine is going to try a different tack, and we'll say so. Now that we've proven to you, well, we have more evidence if you need it. We have more of those. There's more daggers where that came from uh, for each encounter that we've had with those um, unfortunate enough to have crossed our path from that cult. But I think for now, our interests aligned. What do you say you help us find out who did this to poor Natasia? You give us whatever information you have on the midwives and we'll do our best to get in their way since that seems to be where we're heading already. Do your best to get what? In, in the midwives mm -hmm. way. She scoffs and says, we don't care what the midwives do so long as we beat them to it. Well, I mean, that's a lie. You were very upset when you when we thought we were midwives. So clearly you care a lot what they do. I thought you might be interfering with our work. And perhaps you could see this as a chance to interfere with theirs. Or we could all be prickly bitches and not get anything done. Mm-hmm. For Natasia, I will help you. You should come meet the others. Sounds good. 
Oh, uh, before we go, the pile of bones. And Maxine mm -hmm. will point at the pile of bones. And she'll look at you blankly. Why? How? Who? We should meet the others. Oh, That's not very reassuring. Do all these cults come with memberships in How to Be Cryptic 101? Yes. Let's go. And she will start leading you through the back door. Maxine will uh, text Alistair. I was going to say, Alistair is still getting drinks for us. <laughs> she will lead you to the uh, out the back of the theater and down an alley and down just one block and in another alley just off the the one of the bigger streets in Boston I guess um, is a a drinking club and it has a very small sign just above the door and it just says s-t-y-x in uh like faux roman letters or greek letters and she opens the door and being in the sticks feels like being unstuck in time what do you experience in there that makes you feel that way Unstuck in time. Yep. The decor surpasses the word eclectic. Eclectic is not sufficient to describe it. There are ancient Roman ewers beside uh, Patagonian drinking bowls, beside uh, what looks like prehistoric spears. Uh, and then there's a Western spittoon in the corner. Like it's just every single piece is from a different era and time period. And there's no coherence to any of it. Okay. Also there are like, there's like a section in the, um, the bar that has like a, like a bunch of mirrors on the walls like different size mirrors on the walls. But like, if you look too long at them, you'd swear that you either A, see somebody else or B, see a younger vision or younger version of you or an older version of you. Maxine will like that second one. <laughs> All right. When you enter the sticks to get in, there's a they have like kind of like embedded in the um like in the floor with some like like plexiglass over it like a running stream so you have to step over this like river kind of to get in and once you cross this threshold you almost feel dizzy like everything is spinning and you have this feeling suddenly like you're not in the same place that you were before. No way, that's up to code. Maxine mutters. <laughs> uh, 
Veruca looks over her shoulder at you and just just flat glare before leading you into the club. And it, it appears to not actually be open. The The lights are on brighter than it would be. There's no music. You don't see anyone behind the bar. Um, but the uh, members of the theater troupe are all here. Um, <clears throat> and uh, various mostly partnered off with the, the married couples and uh, everyone is looking very upset. Everyone's in their, their best dark clothing, except for uh, a large barrel chested man with a great bushy beard. Um, and he seems to be trying to cheer people up. And Belladonna will lead you around and make the uh, introductions. Was it Belladonna it was or Veruca? Veruca? Wasn't it? Sorry, Veruca. Sorry. How is how is she introducing us? Out of curiosity. These are my she, bad bitches. She says these ladies are here to help solve Natasia's murder. I expect you to help them to the best of your ability. And how Do are we received him... by these people? Uh, various reactions. Ambrose Sinclair uh, is uh, Veruca's husband. He is he has frizzy gray hair and uh, he is very like nervous energy. He has a pair of uh, bowding balls. Hmm? The like, like those you you rotate them. They have like chimes in them. Yeah, he's got those, and he's like constantly at it with them. Uh, he's like he got very, wet. <laughs> very. Uh, penetrating gaze oh my god tracy and if you have some i'm going to scream sorry, <laughs> i have some so uh, some yeah I, I i do i do as well they're like over there they're, i thought you were grabbing shoot. them and you're gonna show <laughs> like I, I was gonna but I, I don't want to like hold up the thing she introduces uh anthony Vite, who played the boatman he is a very friendly man and he rises from his seat to greet the three of you very very enthusiastically um whereas the others are dressed in dark clothing and and seem to stick to the shadows anthony is you you get the impression that he is uh a bon vivant he is oh my god he's bonnie Vare. Yes, he's all of Bonnie Bear. Um, oh my God! And he is Belladonna's husband. Belladonna is in dark, wispy clothing. She has very pale skin, tattoos on almost every surface, and she does not seem as upset as everyone else. As uh. As Alistair mentioned, uh, you know that she 
would be uh, more than ready to step into the role that Natasia has vacated. Um, you meet Giancarla and Gregor Thune. The th Gregor played the occluded king. He is very creepy. He has vacant eyes, thin, almost transparent flesh, and he's mostly unresponsive. According to what Alistair told you, he has changed a lot since how Alistair first met him um, and that he used to be uh, kind of a normal person, but now he doesn't really talk and looks like that. Giancarla has long hair with gray roots. She wears a flower crown and she is very sweet. Um, when she introduces herself, she will mention that she has been friends with Ambrose and Veruca for a long, long time. Um, and uh, as an aside, Veruca will mention that things have changed since Gregor took on the role. And Giancarla who had the role before Gregor? Uh, it doesn't matter. Someone else. <laughs> Some, someone else. Maybe no one because it's a new production? I don't know. That. There you go. No one. Uh, you meet Otho Fane. He is luxuri luxuriantly obese, very fond of cravats, and he smells strongly of lilac and baby powder. Um, if you had done any Googling, you, when Alistair mentioned him, you would have learned that he made a lot of money investing in tech and medical stocks. And, uh, as Alistair said, he joined the troop out of boredom and is very enthusiastic about the play. Delia is his husband, sorry, his wife. She is very sprightly with modern hair and she uh, doesn't seem to really understand the play or what is going on here, uh, but she is just happy to be included. Like, like literally, they're just person. happy to be here. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And never, he's never been left alone since you've arrived. Someone is always sitting with him, comforting him. He is, looks devastated. He is a handsome, fresh-faced young man in a black turtleneck. His name is Maxime Gray, and Natasia was his wife. Uh, and yeah, where do you start? Hmm. Why don't we start with like the so many. friendly? <laughs> the people who were at least friendly? Maybe with like uh Yeah, the big guy? Was it, was it uh, Anthony? Anthony? Is it Anthony or Anthony? Yes. Anthony. 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 Yeah. 
he will happily speak to you. He he rises from his his booth and wave. Oh. What? Huh. Okay. Uh he rises from his booth and, and says Ah oh, yes, ladies, how can I help you? Uh, Hello. Can sorry, can we have asked uh, Baruka if everyone here was a member of the cult on the way over? More or less, she'll say. That's beautifully unhelpful. Mm. So, you have no objections to us <laughs> mentioning it to any of them? They all know at least. They all know about our allegiance. Not all of them are, well, frankly, Otho couldn't care less. And I'm not entirely sure Delia would understand it if we explained it to her using crayons. You think so highly. She is lovely and I am proud and happy to be working with her every day. But she is a, a lovely lady. And what was your relationship like with Miss um, Anastasia? Natasia? Yes, that. Why do I, did I call her that before? Are you yes. asking Veruca or... Okay, uh, Anthony. The asking... Yes, the Anthony. Yeah. Anthony will will shake his head and and go. Oh, it's. She was a lovely girl. She was just gorgeous and so talented, and she she could have gone very far. This is the best job I ever had in my life, but. She could have done anything. This is small potatoes compared to that girl's talent. It's just, oh, it's such a shame. Do you think there's anybody here who would have wanted to hurt her? God, no. No, everyone here is just, almost everyone here is, is just perfectly lovely. Almost. Almost. And he'll, he'll kind of cast a, a very pointed look in Gregor's direction. Gregor mm. isn't, isn't the same man he, he had been. And I'm not sure if he's ill or... Or what? He doesn't look great, if I may say so. <laughs> to be fair, the, everyone here is a little unusual, but aren't we all? Uh. No, Gregor, uh, Gregor needs to be reminded to eat and drink. And I'm fairly certain I've seen Giancarlo reminding him to breathe. 
You said he changed? He wasn't always like this? No, when when we first did the auditions and, and were first cast, he was a dynamic man, energetic, just a, a charmer. And now this. Hmm. But he still plays his role really well? Yes, he, uh, maybe he's method, you know? Hmm. Like, are we talking good method or Daniel Day-Lewis. Okay, so not Jared Leto method, all right. Yeah. No uh, no icky mailings. Method enough to have stabbed Natasia with a ritual dagger? Oh, I don't. Honestly, I haven't seen the man move fast enough to do anything like that. Had Natasia expressed any sort of um, desire to potentially hurt herself or um, did were there any sort of indication that she might have um, no no had God, any no. thoughts like that no she was as enthusiastic about this as most of us were she was energized by it she was thrilled I can't imagine wanting to do anything to jeopardize her place here with us. Do the rest of the cast know it was her knife? Um, probably, yeah. No one else is missing. And we didn't get any fingerprints on the knife, right? Well, it's not there. Right. Like we, we don't have any no fingerprints. Information. There are no fingerprints, or we just don't know. No, no. If if there were any found, you haven't heard. Uh I, I imagine that uh Maxine's sources with uh Robin Masterson's sources um would yeah, no no fingerprints found. Mm. Yet or at all at all oh at all um so presumably someone was wearing a glove or had no mm-hmm. hands no hands they did it with their mouth you you, you can tell me during theorize <laughs> so it was apparently her knife that was used Yes, yes, that's what uh, what I've heard. What are these knives usually for, anyway? Well, have you heard of the concept of a challenge coin? Yes, actually. Yes, yes, it's it's like that, except pointy. Do you? Uh, so when the challenge is initiated, it's just a matter of showing the dagger. As far as I understand, I'm not exactly involved here. Rosemary, Violet just like 
motion sewer. You got to explain this stuff. Right. So challenge coin um, um, practice usually involves um, a group of people all have a, a coin, for example. Um, it's a, usually a ceremonial or decorative coin. Um, and every so often someone can um, say something along the lines of like a coin check. And that is the uh, moment when the people involved will present their coins, kind of like proving that they have it on them. If a person is found without uh, their coin, generally speaking, uh, that person um, buys everyone else a round of beer or something to that effect. Am I right? In this particular case, if you don't have your dagger, you are probably an interloper and will be uh, evacuated. So, what kind of euphemism is that, sir? The gentle kind. Maxine laughs. He laughs too and says, the nice way of saying we'll throw you out. As this is a private members only club. All right, well, that's better than, you know, some other options can understand our concern. As far as I've seen, this isn't the murder random people kind of congregation. Speaking of the murder random people kind of congregation, as part of our agreement with Miss Veruca, we're looking into this murder and we're also hoping to gather some information of our own on some related matters. You see, we've had a, oh gosh, it sounds so tawdry when you say it, a cult problem of our own. No, it seems like uh, there, you can't throw a cat without hitting a cult. No, and um, not trying to say that all people in cults know each other. That would be ridiculous. However, Veruca did seem to have such a strong reaction that um, we thought we might be able to get some additional information. So if you don't mind, uh, is there anything you could tell us about the midwives of the Fragrant Void? And she'll just like, she's even looking around and being kind of like indirect. And she says that and she just like spikes him like right in the eyes, like full presence. He'll, he'll kind of look like he's thinking really hard and say, I've heard mention of midwives, but Fragrant Void, what kind of name is that? What is A silly one to be sure. However, they've been causing no end of problem for us. What is the fragrance? Pomegranate and murder? Maxine will roll her eyes. Fascinating. No, I've not heard anything other than the Occasional mention of the midwives. Mm. Oh, well. As I said, I'm not wholly into this. I'm an actor, you understand. Well, I'm an actor now, of course. I was a stevedore before and just 
uh, up at the crack of dawn, long hours, backbreaking work. And now I get to sleep in until 10, get up and have brunch with Bella, and then head to the twilight to get ready for the matinee. This is just, this is really grand. I'll put up with any cult weirdness for this, really, truly. Do you know anything about the bones? The bones. Bones that we found. The the bones just I assume if you know you'll know. Under the set. I suppose I don't know, so I don't know. Hmm. Well, we're getting nowhere with him. I'm sorry. Not that wasn't in character. (laughs) Where were you when Natasia was found? I was backstage getting uh, changed. I play the boatman, you see. It's it's quite the makeup job. It takes me several minutes to wipe it all off. Was anyone with you, or did they see you? Uh, probably, <laughs> yes. It's a busy place backstage. I don't have a, a change room of my own, you see. But uh, do, well, I guess outside of the main cast, they, they're the ones that have their, their own rooms, correct? Well, I, I wouldn't say I'm not in the main cast, but I, uh, as, as far as I'm aware, only... But Natasha Ms. had her own room. Natasha did have her own room, as does Veruca. And, of, of course... Max shared Natasia's room. Poor Max. Oh. He'll, he'll look and Maxime is is uh, once more crying and he's got his, his head pressed into the shoulder of, uh, of Ambrose. So they had, they were close. Ambrose and Max. Well, uh, Max and Natasia. Oh, well, I would hope so. They're good marriage? Married. Yes, they they met in uh, on the set of Ambrose's last play, actually. And they they hit it off. And from what I've heard, it was Veruca who married them, actually. Interesting. A little family, the four of them. Did you see anything strange or out of the ordinary? Uh, nothing Weirder that than comes to mind. normal cult yeah. things, that whatever that means. Nothing. Nothing more unusual than normal, no. Oh, come now. A friendly man like you must have, must have an idea. Everyone, you're on everyone's good side. You must have some speculation about something. We can't do our jobs of everything. I mean, we'll keep it in Metal confidence. Metal with presents. 
Where is my non-advantage presence? There it is. 10. Ooh. It's it. He looks at you and then kind of steers as casually as he can. He, he kind of turns so that his back is to Ambrose and uh, Max and he pulls out his phone and says, you didn't see this from me, but, and he'll open up his, his text messaging app and scroll a little bit up and you see clearly that it is a group text with uh, Natasia and himself and uh, his wife and the uh, Thunes and the Fanes, so not Maxine. And in this text message from Natasia, she seems to be expressing doubt about the direction Ambrose is taking the play in. Maxine will spicy will <laughs> nod and and tap her. I understand the 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 potential drama of the bad kind involved here. Rest assured of our discretion. I have nothing unkind to say about Ambrose or his wife. They have been kind and supportive and have taught me so much and given me such an opportunity. I would not want to create any problems for them. Oh, of course. They adored Natasia. Truly. And I think at this point is when Belladonna approaches and she looks at the three of you with some clear suspicion. And she just puts her hand on, on Antony's arm and says, Antony, dear, uh, do you want to go? Do you want to head home? So soon. Oh, well, we've been here for several hours, actually. Oh, but we just got here. Hmm. We'd yes. like to make your acquaintance. Oh, if you don't no. mind, that is, we don't want to hold you up for too much longer. Just, um, uh, yeah, maybe we could ask you a few questions pertaining to um, the, the, the incident that happened last night. Of course, yes, of course. I'm Belladonna. Uh, I'm Antony's wife. Rosemary and Violet are so nice compared to Maxine. <laughs> That's how you get answers. <laughs> or at least information. And I think the f five of you will uh, head towards a, a table at the other end of the club. Six. Cherry. Sorry. Well, 
Jerry doesn't need a chair. He still goes with them. <laughs> yes, of course. Did Jerry um, have any problems with the running water? He didn't like it. He he <laughs> was kind of like sniffy and, and hesitant, and he had to be kind of coaxed to, to jump over. And then when he jumped over, he kind of whimpered and he, he wasn't really happy about it. Anthony uh, kind of ushers you to seats and, and sits down with his wife. And she just, she actually just like sits on his leg. She is a slip of a thing, if you could say. And like, a, yeah, it's, it's almost a creepy image, but he is clearly just in complete. Uh, he adores her from the way she's he's Myron as she she speaks he's enamored yes and she immediately like you know will go into her speaking about herself and she'll tell you she's a member of the chorus but of course, I should have been cast as a journey woman in the first place. I mean, no one is more intimately familiar with the words of our Lord. I, I mean, the play than I am. But Ambrose wouldn't hear of it. He was always, Natasia, Natasia, Natasia. She's a star. She's the future of this brave new world we're creating. It brave new was... world? Of theater. Ooh. That right. was in theaters. Right. So you didn't agree with her casting? Oh, I think she was a great journey woman. She just, she did the best she could. I'm, I'm particularly interested in your interpretation, uh, given your, your additional familiarity with uh, the text. What would you have interpreted differently. It's such a such a dense piece for outsiders like us and we want to make sure that we get the, the proper read on it and I would be ever so interested in an opinion of a professional like yourself on it. Natasia was rather new to our community and there were aspects of the performance that I don't believe she truly understood. Such as? When the journey woman was praying to Dispater and she fell to the ground, clutching her breast, the angles of her wrists were not quite appropriate for the position of prayer that she would be moving into in that stage of worship. These are things that she did her best to learn and model, but for those like me, it's just second nature. Because you're real deep in it, right? I don't understand your question. 
Yeah, I figured. Um, Miss Miss Belladonna, you can be, you are very wonderful at playing coy. Um, however, we've already had an agreement from Veruca. This is um, uh, a tit for tat kind of agreement, as it were. We're here to help solve the murder. There are aspects of your world that are not not your group per se. Uh, let's call it a competitor of your the in your words. Yes, that have causing us no end of trouble, and we don't need to beat around the bush. We can talk openly in this space, and whatever is shared here will be used either to solve the murder of Natasia or to get the midwives out of our town. Well, I don't really, wait, you're from Brindlewood Bay. Now, yes, not originally. How do you know that's where we're from? It's where the midwives are. So that's the only place where they are. That's their base of operations. Maybe we could help each other. That is the hope. I can... I can teach you a ward to help protect you from servants and sendings. That would be useful given we were recently accosted by, well, you know. A, a ward? A ward. A working. A spell. Violet just looks over to Rosemary and Maxine like, really? Have you never, uh, Maxine whispers, have you never watched any TV show? Do magic. Listen, Lily really liked watching Charmed, all right, but I just sort of tolerated it. It's really, we don't call it magic. Magic is what David Copperfield does or Chris Angel or, you know, illusions. Right, this is the real thing. It's a working. Violet just sort of, yeah, she she just like, does this is my skeptical face. <laughs> In return, all I would ask from you is that you do what you can to steer Ambrose into making the right decision. You don't think he'll get there on his own after the events of last night? I think that he maybe could use a bit of help. He has so much on his mind right now. I could understand if he's a little confused. So if we steer him in the right direction, you'll... Mm -hmm. Violet just kind of 
waggles her hands. <laughs> I will teach you a working award. You're already working and, with good form already. And already. So we don't get to know this until you until we talk no, to him. I'll teach you. I'll try. Some people don't respond or manage to go let the dog out. <laughs> and then put him in bed. Oh. So pause this for a few minutes. Okay. I... Okay. So uh, Belladonna has offered you uh, a chance to learn a word. Get us some magic. Oh, get Rosemary some magic. Maxine is not the magic type, but you know. Would you, you like go to girl. go for it? Maxine, no. Or... Okay, so it will be an occult move uh, with advantage, though. So you would roll 3d6 plus super plus sensitivity. 3d6. Yep, 3D6. and then you'll wait, take wait. the two highest. 3d6 plus sensitivity? Yes. Yeah. Plus the sensitivity roll. Oh no, plus two. Yep, three d six plus okay. two. Why was I thinking that? And then you take the highest of the two, or the two highest dice. Um, three, two, right? Yeah. Shablam. So it's a three eight and a five. Two. That's eight plus two is ten. Sweet. So that's cool. Um, so you have unlocked the move. I Lord. sincerely hope that when we cast it, part of it is yelling shablam now. Shablam. <laughs> it can't be. Nothing saying that so, it can't. Um, this move will allow you to place a ward that prevents servants and sendings from entering a space. Um, how do we want this to work? I would say on a miss, uh, it's a crown of the void and no ward. Why is it always going to be Crown of the Void for misses? Wouldn't it just not work? Because it's an occult-ass move, I, I assume. Because Yeah. <laughs> We're exposing ourselves to the, the, the Void in some way or some shit. Shouldn't all these cultists have marked all of their crowns already and be out of the story? If Shouldn't only it were that easy. Maybe they just, you know, told a whole bunch of anecdotes first, so they still have the have the buffer. It's true. This reminds me of that one cult. <laughs> <laughs> and they have to name the cult and then what happened?
There we go. How's that? It doesn't have the little cute thing on it, though. Little cute bullet point. We can't use okay. it. It's invalid now. Oh, okay, no, it's fixed. Okay. Now I feel Everything's better. better. Yeah. The font size is different than the other one. You can change the other one. It's fine. <laughs> but you're the artiste. I made the canvas. You can paint on you it. You are the artiste. I'm going to leave this to the expert. character keeper art. High art. That's like, oh, you know, you can, you know, go up and edit the Mona Lisa. It's fine. Like we wouldn't presume to go outside your authorial intent. Exactly. I'm, I'm the. I'm. Uh, one sec. We flabbergasted him. I am Fenty Beauty. You can make the girl. The if you don't get out of here. <laughs> I do want some Fenty um, skincare products, though. Anyway. So. She will teach you, uh, mostly Rosemary, but teach the rest of you, too, a, a very simple working. It seems to involve some uh, salt in a circle and uh, very, not super complicated, but somewhat ornate hand motions and she says that'll do it and how do we know um i guess we channel the intent of who we want out of a specific area yeah it's a feeling thing Once you... Hey, this isn't a... It's not charity. It's a trade. Maxine will wink and say, I can appreciate a prima donna who has the ambition to go for what she wants. Her name is Balladonna. She will smile at Maxine and... Uh, turn to Antony and say honey shall we get home I think the matinee's off we can rest before tonight's show or before tonight's dinner before you head out um, you said you know a lot about all this right our lord the occluded king yes yes do you who's his beloved his beloved Yeah, it. He said something during the play. The king said, "That's not one of his lines." Oh, you're sh you're sure. Yes, I'm sure. You don't know what that refers to. Well. No. Nothing in your. The violet just makes motions again. Your mm. group. 
I'm sure you could speculate for us at least. According to the myths, and the myths are mostly wrong, uh, he was married to the Roman goddess of Prosperini, who is the kind of Roman equivalent of You really, you really go all like she who shall not be named on this. We'll call her Nestus. Okay. The red one. The mistress. And she'll, she'll like spit on the floor. No, that's, it was that kind of establishment. Should have said something sooner. <laughs> then Violet spits too. Right. <laughs> I can absolutely <laughs> see her doing this, yes. <laughs> and uh, as she's speaking, Antony looks like he's still very much enamored with her, but he looks kind of like he's very skeptical. Thanks for the information and the Violet wiggles her hands again. Yes, thank you so much. Hopefully we don't have to use it. Uh, hopefully you don't have to use it, but if you do, it'll work. Provided you don't fuck it up. Oh, I don't do that. Good. I mean, there was that one time with the- I love you so much, Rosie. The fermented- that didn't count. Uh, right. Okay. Um, are you coming to the dinner tonight? Oh, it's a dinner invitation. I just assumed if you showed up here. I don't see why not. We don't have any other plans, girls, do we? Maxine holds up a finger because she was going to take Felony out to buy something that Maxine thought was more flattering, but I guess we're going to dinner instead That won't come up. Okay. <laughs> um, so, uh, Antony and Belladonna, exit stage left. Violet just looks sort of bear. pensive, thinking about the things that Belladonna said about uh, the beloved. Rosemary's playing with the salt. And the other, two didn't, the other two didn't hear the whole beloved thing, right? During the play. Only no, Violet no did. No one else heard it. Right. Only Violet. I'll note that Violet doesn't bring it up. I'm asking the last. I don't remember that being in the play either. What being in the play? Violet was kind of lost in thought. And... You asked about 
the beloved. I didn't, there wasn't, there wasn't any line with that. I actually thought it was odd. Usually if you're talking about pantheons, you bring in all of them, but there was nothing there was, where did you hear that? Oh, I must've, um, I must've misheard or something. You know, the, the prince and all the, all those voices, I guess it was a lot of echoing. There was sort of a not small amount of. There was a lot of screaming. I mean, yeah, there was a yeah, lot of screaming. There was. Yeah, I, I must've misheard something. And you probably didn't even hear him approach, but uh, soon Maxime Gray slides into the seat across from the three of you and says, you're, you're trying to find out what happened to Natasia. Gary walks over and rests his head on Maxime's thigh, just kind of... Mm -hmm. Like he, he looks down at Jerry kind of like confused for a moment and then just gently pets him. Jerry wags his tail. Maxine has enough poise to not be totally abrasive. And so she doesn't just start it on him and actually is like, uh, our, our condolences. We are here to help if we can. But you're not part of the court. Sometimes an outside perspective can see things that are missed when we're so close up to it. It's the entire reason we have editors and reviewers on art. And that's why we're helping. Well, I'm glad that I'm trying to. I'm glad that someone who knows about all of this is. He must have questions. We do. But let's start by hearing hearing your side before we start leading any any questions that we might have. What did you see? What did you notice? Did you have any warnings? Can you tell us what happened in your own words? It was strange that she wasn't in the dressing room with me, but it wasn't the first time she'd gotten caught up talking to someone or checking on something or just lost in prayer. Do you think that's what she was doing uh, at the time of the incident? Excuse me. Uh, I don't know. She... I don't know. I was getting the makeup off and changing into my street clothes when I heard Veruca scream and I knew something had happened. I knew it was her. 
I knew it was my Natasia. Why did you? How did you know? Yeah. I just did. She wasn't there. And Veruca, I've never heard someone make a sound like that. Had Natasia expressed to you any um, intent or did it seem like she um, may have felt like potentially hurting herself? He, like, his face starts turning red. And he, how dare you? How dare you? It's just a question. We are only trying to rule out any other possibilities before we automatically assume there's ill intent as if- uh, My wife was murdered. She would never do this. She would never do this to me. She would never do this to me. We're very sorry for your loss. Do you know how her knife could have gotten involved? Her own knife? I have no idea. Where is it usually kept? Uh, In the dressing room when we're on stage. Do these doors lock? Uh, They must, but... I, we don't lock them. So anyone could have gone in? Anyone could have gone in. You don't, do you suspect? Well, we noticed that there were other members of the cast angling for Natasha's role, you don't think. Maxine Sato trails off and looks meaningfully at where Belladonna was. Belladonna... Belladonna wanted the role, but I can't imagine that she would have ever wanted to hurt. No. Some of your uh, fellow castmates have expressed that she still had work to do. Do you, can you explain what that means to us? Work to do? Who said that? Uh, Lady with the real strict hairline outfit, everything. Baruka? Oh. Oh, she probably meant work for our father. Not, not actual, not work, work. Maybe, maybe it would be best if the occluded king really did come into this world and establish dominion. Living in that. And what does that mean exactly, established dominion? 
making this world his kingdom his murky shadowy realm it must be better than living with this emptiness in my heart and Maxine will put a uh, hand on his shoulder and say, I, I understand what it's like to unexpectedly lose someone like that. I know, I know it hurts, but changing everything and thinking about setting up a new order of things is not a way to remember her. If she cared about her art, if she cared about these people, you have to let her live on through you in that way and not give up and abscond responsibility. No, you don't get it. That's what she would have wanted. That's what all this is about, after all. What's that? The play. The ritual. So the, the play is the actual ritual? Yes. Did the ritual require a sacrifice of some kind? I love how more Rosemary's is like, yes, I will ask this totally normal question. <laughs> That's Rosemary. No. <laughs> no. Do you think we kill off a cast member every every production well rosemary know, shrugs the Off bones Broadway. backstage did seem to suggest what bones under uh maxine will describe the set piece perhaps it's part of the ritual you don't know anything about that the bones no But what about the ritual? Is it your first time experiencing it or seeing it done? Yes. Mm. This is each performance is a ritual that brings us one step closer. Brings him one step closer. I see. I'm glad you do, honey. So let me let me get this straight. This the play you're putting on is a ritual to summon the occluded king 
and you want to keep trying to do this every night or whatever under the guise of the play? That's a pretty succinct summary, yeah. Is there someone who might have had access to backstage who would want the ritual to fail and might have thought that removing the Tazio would it accomplish that goal? I don't see why it, why anyone would think it would, but no one that I could think of, frankly, if someone wanted to stop the ritual, easier there were easier ways to stop the play someone like the midwives i don't know much about them no miss veruca sure knew enough she's been involved longer than i have this is her life yeah, sure seems like it. What easier ways would are there? Oh, to... I don't know. Give somebody food poisoning? Challenge the theater's schedule? Just burn it down? You wouldn't have to kill someone. Hell, getting your hands on the book would be enough. What what book? The Mysteries of the Occluded King. The the text that this is He wrote a book? Well, he didn't write it. Probably. Oh, it's not an autobiography. Why would get someone in their hands on the book change anything because there's only the one pretend i don't know what you're talking about about any of this <laughs> violet says and just maybe explain to me like on five what exactly this book is he will lean forward and, and say it's well it's like the bible and the grimoire all in one it's where the play comes from it's where all of this comes from well sure but you already know the play you know your lines you know the positioning if the book were to disappear tomorrow This is just one step. It brings us closer, but it's not the final ritual. And this this book has all of the IKEA instructions in it. Yes. All right. Well, we'll have to find ourselves an Allen wrench. Thank <laughs> you.
I don't think you're going to get close to the book. Is it heavily protected? It's kept safe. By whom? By the Sinclairs. They they have it. Of course they do. I shouldn't be talking about it, probably. It's okay, dear. We're sorry to have bothered you. Now listen, I want you to take care of yourself, okay? And Rosemary will unreach in her bag and along with a piece of candy, offer him um, a card uh, that has like phone numbers and stuff on it. Just say, if you, if you need anything, um, there are some counselors here and resources that you can reach out to. Um, also a little piece of candy. Just need something to chew on. Um, if you can think of anything else that might help us get to the bottom of this, We'll be around. Just reach out. Do a medal with presents. Why well, I gotta keep medals with presents? Would you like to bump that up? Sure. Despair. What you putting on? What crown you putting on? Let's do... Let's do this, the scene showing our... Uh, Burgi owning <laughs> romance. All right, uh, we'll we'll do the actual flashback in a bit. Um, the Maxine looks at the card and looks at you and says. Veruca took out a life insurance policy on Natasia a couple weeks ago. Oh. Can you can you just do that without someone's did Natasia know? She knew. We, it wasn't a secret, but She said it was like some sort of thing about the, about the troop. What, what do you mean? Just did something she, you do. Did she, does she have policies on all of you? I don't know. Don't, don't you have to sign something for that? Probably. Did did you sign something for that? 
Not that I know of, but I'll just say that the Sinclairs sometimes don't bother with asking when something needs to get done. They'll make it happen. Hmm. Lovely. They loved her, though. I. How, how old was your late wife? Was there any reason to take a life insurance policy throughout? <laughs> she was 27. And I assume and she will always be 27. Yeah. She was otherwise healthy. Yes. Yeah, the Sinclairs would not. Yes, she was healthy. Healthy. Would not what exactly they run a tight ship nothing less than perfect kind of people sounds like they challenge us y'all are so careful to say so many nice things about them mm-hmm. they have done so much for me and for Natasia. Well, don't let us um, don't let us hold it, hold you up. Like I said, take care of yourself. If you need something, if you have any other information that would help, we will be around. Okay. Thank you for looking into this. And you take care. Get up and give Jerry one final pat and make his way back to the uh, the larger booth where uh, several of the other actors are hanging out. Violet slightly raises her estimation of his character. Looks like we got our work cut out for us, girls. Yeah, getting a lot of character references and some motives, but no one's dropping anything, uh, as Violet would say, spicy. Spicy! spicy! Life insurance policy is pretty spicy. That's true. That's true. Uh, you You hear a slight slight commotion and uh, several eyes pairs of eyes are, are cast your way and then Giancarla stands up and helps Gregor to his feet and leads Gregor over to the table and she just smiles and says I hear you're from Brindlewood Bay I know it really well my brother-in-law lives there do you know him he's oh, a, a really? banker yeah, he's, he's really uptight. Uh, he disapproves of the theater types Gregor and I hang out with. But, uh, oh, I, you're not as stuck up as he is, right? Please tell me you're not. What's his, what's his name? 
Billy Bobberson. Gordon Thune. He is a, a banker in the town and a pillar of the community. Maxie will kind of chuckle and say, being a theater type myself, I wouldn't think so. Well, that's that's good to know. I'm Giancarla. This is this is my husband Gregor. And nice Gregor's eyes kind of like pass over you but it's hard to tell whether like anything went further your brother's gordon right uh his brothers yeah his brother uh, yeah okay oh gordon oh okay i see i see it in the eyes i see yeah and she'll sit down and adjust her her flower crown and uh gregor just just stands there you want to? Violet just kind of. Oh, uh, he's he's fine. Don't worry. Is 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 he is he mute? Uh, uh no, no, he's not mute. He's just uh, he's just quiet. Hi, Gregor. He just looks at you briefly and then just ducks his head. No, he's shy. This role has taken a lot out of him. It's a very important role, it seems like. He's put a lot of himself into it. Can I... He always this pale? Um... (laughs) Gregor, can you, uh, why don't you go, go and sit with, uh, go see, uh, uh, Ambrose. Gregor just shuffles off and Giancarlo kind of takes his hand as he's leaving and he just pulls his hand free just by walking and she kind of looks down and then back up and she's still smiling, but she's got, her eyes are quite moist and uh she says we were we were really close with the Sinclairs for a long time um but since this play began Gregor uh has become like this and uh now we just I just take care of Gregor and sing. And Maxine sort of leans forward and says, he was so active in the actual production. Yeah, when he got the mask on him, it's like he comes alive. He's not, he's not ill, is he? Uh... No, the doctors couldn't find anything wrong with him. Nothing medically, at least. And uh, uh, 
other 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 otherwise well, it just sort of stumbles not really knowing how to ask that more delicately our lord is harder on the body than i think i was prepared for real test of faith, this uh, play, it seems. Hmm. Yes, it is that. Does he have an understudy that could maybe take his place and give him a break? Uh, I don't think Gregor would go for that, but uh, I'm sure there's someone it's not too hard to memorize the a few speaking lines. I feel like at this point, everybody turns and looks at um, <laughs> Maxie. Maxie looks like, what? what? Just an idea. I'll save you some time. Um, no, I don't know anyone who would want to hurt Natasia. She was a lovely girl, and it is just unbelievable that someone would want to hurt her. And she uh, will be sorely missed. I don't know of anyone looking to disrupt what the court is doing, and... Uh, no, I don't think Gregor could have hurt her, even if he wanted to. I haven't seen Gregor move faster than that since we started rehearsals. Not even with the mask on or anything? Well, with the mask on, but to tell you the truth, with the mask on, I'm not sure that's Gregor. Again, Violet, Violet's skeptical face. So, sorry? I think Gregor becomes the occluded king. Oh, we're going, we're going straight there. All right. We're um, going there. Do, really? It's stupid, probably, but it's just... My gut says it isn't Gregor anymore. And the process, the ritual seems to have taken most of Gregor out of him. And the Sinclairs, they aren't concerned about this? They aren't helping you with this? With this? Oh, they're very generous with the salary, but, uh, well, we have our goals, don't we, in this court? Is it worth it to you? It 
So how's Prindlewood these days? I haven't been there in a while. Well, it's got its own cult challenges, you might say. Mm, midwives acting up again. You could say that. Oh, trying yeah. to knife us. Well, or I... shoot us. Or throw us into the sea. Strangle us. I hope you survive their ministrations. Yeah, ideally. That'd be great. Or, well, <laughs> depending on whether they achieve their goal or not, maybe it'd be better if you didn't. No offense, you know how it is with these eldritch horses. Of course. Yes, we know how it is. Uh-huh. <laughs> right. Like, side-eye looks at Violet like, where are we? What are we doing? Violet just kind of does that shrug, shaking head, grin through teeth thing. Actually, I think the last time I was in Brindlewood Bay was... 2011 actually new year's eve do you remember were you there at the the big the big end of the world party oh right that one yeah there was a lot of uh a lot of folks came into town for that it's uh you know where the end of the world's gonna start unless we beat them to it <laughs> <laughs> right. And uh, yeah. out, of, out of curiosity, can you just, you know, again, pretend I don't really know anything about all this. Uh, what happens, you know, if you're not involved with um, your king to other people? Oh. Well... As I understand, you'll all be given the opportunity to join his court and worship at his feet. Yes, uh, worshiping at strange men's feet, my favorite hobby. Um, well, to be fair, and I get it, sister, but he's not really a man, you know? I mean, he's a man, but he's not a man. Like, this is far beyond what we consider the gender male, you know? I mean, I just, you all seem very nice, which is quite the change from what we're used to. But honestly, I just, I gotta say, I don't understand the appeal. Well, do you celebrate Christmas? I've seen sort of shrugs. It's like it's a little, a little tacky for my taste. Well, it's you know, Christmas and Easter Christians, end of the world, court of the occluded king. Right, and I mean, we can have a lovely conversation about you know, the the altar of capitalism bringing its own end of the world, but. Uh, it's not usually quite as direct. Yeah, I mean, at least we won't have to worry about capitalism. Or climate change. 
out of the dream. Well, there won't be much of a climate, but, you know, that's one way to do it. Interesting proposal. I'm not sure what the G7 would make of that one, but... um, There won't be but, any of them either. Right. Or nations. Ah, uh, yes. I mean, I'm all for, for, for borderless stuff, but... Uh, hmm. Um. So do you know, uh, where, where were you when Natasia was, was found? Oh, I, uh, well, I just finished the final song and uh, I was in the change room when I heard Veruca scream. Were you with anyone else in there? Oh, there were lots of people in there. Pretty much everyone, I think, except for, except, yeah. Except Veruca and obviously Natasia. Poor girl. And Matt Max has his own room or Yes, Max he... shared a room with Natasia. Okay. They had their own private change room, so did so does Veruca. Us lowly chorus members don't. And Gregor, obviously, he needs uh, help getting changed now. Right. Do you have any idea how, did, did you ever see Natasia's knife not where it was supposed to be? No, never. We keep them close, except unless we're on stage, of course, because... Where would you put it? Maxine's going to stand up and say, uh, I'm sorry, the, that stream is very, is there a washroom in here? Oh, yes, of course. Uh, just through that, that door over there. Maxine is going to go to the washroom and then try to snoop. In the washroom? Other no, well, I mean, if there's anything of interest in the washroom, sure, but uh, no, like other rooms in the bar, usually washrooms in bars are closer to Maybe kitchens, like opening to the offices, kitchen or something. Storerooms. Maxine's American. She'd probably say either restroom or bathroom, BT dibs. Oh. Is that Canadianism, really? It is. It is. What yeah, is? actually. Washroom is Canadian. I didn't know that for a while either. I mean, who goes to rest? Yeah, but we, yeah, it's usually public restrooms. Oh, today I learned. Washroom sounds classier. <laughs> I, yeah, I know. Huh, cool. Um, Maybe vaccine is very fancy. I'll call it a water closet. <laughs> The little girl's room. Um, okay, if you want to snoop in there, tell me what you're snooping. Where are you snooping? What's your well, room? this seems like a, a cult bar, right? It is a cult bar. So who knows what kind of shit they got in their restrooms. For a good time, dial Dis Potter. Here's the number. Uh, okay. Um, so please do a... Metal with reason. 
10. Nice. Okay. Um, you find in the bathroom, etched into the inside of one of the stalls, um, inside of the door, a depiction of the Arrhenias in uh, a provocative place. <laughs> Interesting. Not normally known for that. And I think uh, in the corner of the depiction is the uh, little letters NG. And I think that I lost track of time and uh, we should probably put a pin in it for now. I'm so sorry. All good. Maxine will take a really long bathroom break. Maxine is trying to get around the fact that we're just having fucking discussions with a bar in a bar with people who apparently want to end the world. Yep. She's having a hard time with that one, I think. This is fine, Dot. This is who JPEG. <laughs> this is who her, her nephew is hanging out with. World-ending cultists. And he's almost family. Yep. Yep. This is fine. Uh, okay, so end of session questions. Did the Maven solve a mystery? They did not. Maxine, did you share your wisdom with a young person? Yes. Oh, you shared your notes with Alistair. Also tried to give advice to Maxime about how to handle a grief. Okay, yeah, sure. Um, did you show someone that you still got it? I mean, stared down and got into a fight with sort of with... Uh, got shot by... Veruca. Yeah, yeah. and didn't flinch. Okay, yep, I will accept that. Violet, did you behave like a woman half your age? I don't think so. I don't, I don't think so. Did you show someone that you've still got it? I don't think I was able to make I my questions tonight. I don't think so either. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. I mean, I wanted her to. Uh... I'm going to advocate for Violet here. Violet, as the as the skeptic, is actually doing a pretty good job of being even and like good about this and being able to be like just waggling her fingers and stuff when someone's offering to teach us a working, like the ability to blend in and on which is to suppress the the scoffing and the normal reactions that Violet has. I don't know. I think there's an argument to be made there. I'll, I'll accept it. 
Okay, you can you can have still gotten it or still had it. Uh, Rosemary, did you dote on someone? Yes, I think yes. you did. And did you share a memory of a late family member? I think so. Didn't you? Are you asleep? Martin? Martin. Can you not hear me? No. 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 Hi. Oh, okay. I was. I think I may have. Um. So my mute button is like right next to my shoulder. <laughs> so sometimes if I uh, if I lean my head too far, it'll hit the mute button and fall asleep. <laughs> that too. But um, <laughs> um, yeah, you shared a memory. Yes, you, you definitely don't. I also so. checked. Oh yeah, uh, I checked the box too. The um, the crown. Oh, that's right. Uh, you owe oh, us yeah, a, we have the... a burgeoning romance. So tell us about your burgeoning romance. So this was before um, the. Hold on. Sorry, um, this is before we went to Boston, but um, shortly after um, solving the murder most mucky in which um, uh, a bouquet of flowers gets delivered to Rosemary's home and um, she is surprised by it because, I mean, she's got her own flowers. Like, why does she need anybody else's? And most she doesn't. <laughs> She doesn't, she doesn't get flowers from people. Like it's not something that happens regularly. So she's surprised by these flowers. She takes them inside. They're really pretty. Um, a lot of um, uh, blues and golds, um, color-wise or whatever. And in the card, um, uh, it says something along the lines of hoping to see um the the pretty selkie again uh and then in like some sort of um his handwriting isn't the best but it says they're good on it Aww. that's Rosemary really adorable on Thurgood I won't divulge if Rose if it's if it's um reciprocal or not, but um Rosemary is in she's flattered. It is very cute. Very cute. All right. Um well on the upside, you know that Thurgood is not a member of the midwives, so like, you know, safe bet. Can't say the same for Etienne. yet. I think got no. stabbed. Bitch. Could have been stabbed yes. for like cover. Also, she wasn't a midwife. So. I mean, it wasn't like a midwife stabbing. It was. Mm. It was a different stabbing because we have lots of stabbings we need to differentiate between. Yeah. That's true. <clears throat> like, what so, kind of stabbing was it, you know? 
Was it a friendly stabbing? Was it just like a, <laughs> a cautionary Probably stabbing? Was it like a, a recreational stabbing? Recreational you know, stabbing. There are levels to this. This game has gotten weird. <laughs> Questions about America. What you don't have that up there? <laughs> Knives are illegal in Canada. <gasps> are they? You want to kill some? You just pelt them with timbits. Oh. <laughs> you just make them eat timbits. Oh, I'll say that um, sour here. Sour cream ones. I have no tidbits. Timbits. Tim Hortons. Donut you're rolls. not from the Northeast. Clearly. Timbits. Yeah, they're donut. They're, they're they're donut holes. Timbits. Oh, oh. Yeah, it sounds dirtier than it is. Though, I think. Yeah, I, I don't know who agreed to that, but okay. Okay. Does it? Okay. Um. Anyway, stars and wishes. Stars and wishes. <laughs> I'm so mad at you. I have. I'm so excited. I wrote the bus down. Um, and they're all stars. <laughs> I'm so happy. Uh, everyone's theater scenes were amazing. I was. Ooh, they were weird and cool. I like them very much. Um, I I was a fan of Rosemary's acid trip kombucha just in her purse. That's yeah. Yep. You don't have some? No. No. Maxine <laughs> has very normal whiskey at this point. Um, I like I liked Violet assembling magic with an Allen wrench. <laughs> yep. That was good. Uh, it was really good. And I liked Ben's very wide variety of voices. Also, I will admit, oh, I guess my wish is I'm worried about Alistair and the longest running Perrier fetching side quest in the universe. <laughs> Some say he's still looking to this well, day. You texted Remember, him. This is a members only club. But he, he could have texted to us. He is also he knows the them. Like, come on. Is he not in the yeah, club? Yeah, but. <gasps> he's not in the club. Oh my God. He's still safe. Oh my god, he's not in the club. He's not invited. <laughs> Alistair could easily have uh, texted you back and said he'll meet you, meet up with you later. Maybe he's going to hang out with Felony. Maybe they're shopping right now. Maybe he's trying to get her into the cult because we need definitely more of that. It's okay, she's already a midwife. Anyway, um I mean she's already a, in a cult. Just it's a cult of bankers and capitalism. Anyway, uh who's up next? Uh I I also had written down like the same thing, Rosemary's LSD trip concoction. I was just like, what? I don't know. I really like the juxtaposition of like Rosemary being this kind of like sweet, unassuming person who apparently has done just like a whole bunch of drugs. <laughs> like, it's yeah. Just... That's why she's so mellowed out, is because she's. Just... <laughs> it's pretty great. Um, Matt, I really like Pain and Fear LLP. It's just like. <laughs> that was beautiful. That was beautiful. Uh, I was like, oh, yeah, perfect. Love it. Um, and also just how Maxine actually 
restrained herself with like their critique of the play with Alistair. Like she didn't immediately jump into like, you know, her actual thoughts. She was nice about it. Character growth. Maxine, we're so proud of you. <laughs> the the uh, the written notes are absolutely just like they tear it apart, but uh, taking a lesson from Rosemary, trying to be a nicer person. Be a nicer uh, person. Um, I had the I had the same thing for Ben, just like the really wide variety of voices that you've brought to each of the characters. I really, really like because it, yeah, it, it's really, really engaging and it makes it really feel like we're talking to different people um, because you really capture like the the energy of like the different people, like how um, uh, da, 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 Anthony was, you know, really like vivacious and everything. And then Belladonna was up her own ass and yeah, everything was just like really distinct and it's really, really well done. Like A plus plus. Thank you. Um, and wishes. I wish we don't die. Mm-hmm. Um, hey, that's my wish. No. Yeah, I know. But also, actually, I was thinking about when Maxine mentioned her late husband again. I kind of wish to see if there's anything that comes up about that. Because he disappeared mysteriously on a boat mm-hmm. in a marina on the water. And I'm just like, hmm, hmm. Hmm. Did he disappear in Brindlewood though? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, it says one day his boat he yeah, drifted back to the marina mysteriously empty. I, I think it was uh in Brindlewood. Yeah, I would say. He established it. Because it was like like that's where the pelican is. Uh right. Well she yeah, could have had just... it flown in, but yes. Yeah, I was just I'm a little curious about that. All right. I like it. Um, stars for uh, overall. This is like a. I feel like it was like a different um, uh, vibe kind of for everybody. Um, so like for example, stars for um, Maxine, kind of the same like uh, practicing restraint and not being so critical about the play, but also like to see like family interaction um, between Maxine and Bellany. Um, she just wants what's best for her and does not know how to express it. Exactly. And that's uh, she just wants what's best for her and knows what that is. It is yes. true. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. yep likewise kind of with with violet and seeing how um her reaction to like the occult stuff happening and how she was like processing that i thought that was interesting because at this point we hadn't entered into that territory yet so it was interesting to see like her response to it um how willing she was able to accept it or not accept everything you know um, <laughs> um ben should consider a career in voice acting um <laughs> look at those eyebrows go i know i know he's like what i don't think so 
I, um, I don't have the the anime reaction noise. I can't. I can't do that on command. Mm-hmm. I just sound like I'm having gastrointestinal distress. I mean, you more. may need that. You may need that um, gastrointestinal distress sound. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but at least um, stars for um, keeping it, keeping us on our toes with this uh, this experience. Um, Yeah, I never know what to expect. So, you the best. You to you the best. Um, wishes. Mm. Wish for. I do kind of want to see more occult stuff, I guess, and and how deep that rabbit hole goes. Um wish to be more awake next time <laughs> um sorry um also wish no that was it <laughs> good wishes um so a lot of my stars were covered uh pain and fear violet's reaction yes that was to, good to all of the uh, woo woo and rosemary just pulling out the magic kombucha as soon as you said kombucha i wrote that into my stars list <laughs> it was just like kombucha yep um so yeah covered that sorry about going over long um wishes uh man i'm there's a lot I'd I think it would be cool but we're, we're just not going to get to it and that's okay because uh we don't want to be playing the same thing for like a full year I mean we could um, be though I think uh no I think it's, how long I did think, trophy go it's like 23 wow. sessions something like 23 that. sessions We're playing it for like a good half year. I mean, let's see. We started started at the end of August. In yeah, like August sixteenth, mid, mid end of August. Yeah, and ended in April. Yeah, dude. Like, if we just kept twenty rolling. sessions. That's not bad. Mm-mm. Um. Wow. Yeah. That. That was. Wow. Cool. Yeah, it was quite a while. I think we had like holidays and some stuff, other stuff. Yeah. In there, but. Mm-hmm. Moving house. Moving <laughs> house. Wow. Yeah. December third. No, we we skipped that. We gave that a good birth. Yeah. Um. All right. Uh, yeah, we're not going to get to to all the fun things, but uh, I'm starting to percolate the the void mystery and what that'll be. Uh, I should probably give you a stinger just because 
just because you can't go into the void mystery with only one known dark conspirator. Yeah, that's a little rough. Uh... Um, so <laughs> let's say, ah, here's a good one. Stinger. Uh-uh. Um, uh-uh. We see Amanda Kraus in Brindlewood Bay. She is sitting at a cute little cafe overlooking the water. And she is sipping a, a glass of uh, pomegranate juice with a stainless steel straw because she's that woman. <laughs> and she, she brought it. And she doesn't want to pollute. And uh, she is sitting there and, and we see the camera facing her. And she says, things are coming together. And we hear a voice that says, yes, mistress. It's good. It won't be long now, will it? And says, no, it won't be long. And the camera kind of spins. And it's and... Dalrymple. I told you guys. I told you. Do you want it to be Dalrymple? It could be Dalrymple. Who did you have in mind? It's Janet Flock. Mm, no. After we redid her reading space, fix the lighting. I know. Yes. <laughs> Spoiler, She's supposed all, to be our, all the gorgeous our movie starlets are going to be evil. If they can kick ass in an action movie, they will kick ass here. But it might be yours. Ha <laughs> ha. No. Why you do this? Well, I just had to pick someone right now. And I can't mm-hmm. reveal that Etienne's a bad guy right now. I have to do that when it'll hurt most. <laughs> oh, okay. Wow. Are you ready for that emotional manipulation? No. Maxine will be devastated. Good to know. Oh, uh, you just handed time. that. You just handed that right I over. Know. I know. <laughs> yeah, so. Pro- proffer uh, the dagger, like, like exactly. they were talking about on, on the gauntlet. Oh, God, he's actually typing. See? <laughs> See? So now Etienne's definitely evil. There was a dramatic flourishing enter there. I mean. Okay, I revealed a second person. Cool. All right, so now there's two. Two, you know, two. That's good. That's fine. That's enough. Uh, it's just the two of them. Probably, probably not that. Okay, so, uh, yeah, I will get working on the void mystery. It's going to be fun. 
Uh, but first, there will be a, an interlude, not just of microscope, but a sweeps week. So the sweeps weeks are really cool. They are, um, I would say, they're generally can be shorter. Um, they don't involve the cult at all, and they don't have any void clues. You can't use your void crown. Um, but they do have actual rewards if you succeed. You can choose from a menu of, of reward options. And what's cool, instead of the uh, void crowns, you get like special mystery specific crowns that you get access to. So um, it'll have mm -hmm. like, it'll have a, a crown unique to the mystery that you can put on with its own effect and mm -hmm. thing. Yeah. yeah, it's it's pretty cool. Um, so I, I wanted to, I, I was reading them today and I saw one and I was like, we, we have to do this one. So you will be letting the night one in soon. Again, not ominous at all. It has nothing to do with midwives, so... Yay! It will also be a little more overtly supernatural. So that'll be fun for Violet. Oh. <laughs> all right. So, yeah, wishes. Um, I hope that when this is all said and done, it's a satisfying... Uh, not really uh, an arc, I guess, but a... a Inclusion, mm -hmm. yeah, a satisfying story that has been told for everybody, and yeah. uh, yeah, so thank you. I'm gonna stop recording. Lady warning, lady warning.